Welcome, everybody, to our podcast, Spirit of Build, where we share a drink with the people behind car culture. I'm Earl Han, joined by my producer, Helen Kim. How's it going? I didn't even ask you, you motherfucker. <laughs> oh. Why do you think people want to know like how you're how it's going with you? It's just it's very presumptive. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, this week we had uh, Simba Nyemba or Simba Rashi Nyemba as our guest. Um, a couple of notes about Simba or Simba Rashi that I don't know if I covered during the interview. But Simba Rashi is uh, originally from Zimbabwe, which we do cover. But his name means uh, Hand of God in, I think, Zimbabwean or whatever language they speak there. Um, which I think is super cool. But I also wanted to make fun of him and ask him why he's not so good at drifting. Um, because if he's got God hands, why is his car control not godlike? But. To be fair, he's gotten a lot better since I originally met him. Um, and, you know, he came up with the final bout with, uh, you know, Phil and Phil and Ilya. So, you know, maybe they do have a little bit of God's hands working for them. Not that I'm religious or anything. What did you think about my, you know, my uh, viewpoint in our podcast content in regards to just like, adding a bit more like general car content on the like, uh, sprinkle on top. I think that's fine. I just didn't know how to integrate it. I actually want yeah. to do that, but I also want to get people, let people know about the person more than the fucking yeah. car because the car is everywhere out there. That's already I, you know, I, I feel like a good way to like sort of integrate that the, t- the two is because I, I think it's the fact that they're all car guys to begin with. Yeah, right? sure. You know, I, I feel like we could, you know, we could even like questions like, can I, can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. I don't think, yeah. I think it's a great idea. Uh-huh. I don't think it should necessarily be the focus of this show. I think that should be better suited for like, say YouTube, if we get big enough where we can just do this as YouTube or a second podcast. Aren't you already putting this up on YouTube? Yeah. But like, I mean, <laughs> in person, like when we can yeah, go yeah. back to events and see the cars in person, right? right. But because what, then we can just do it in person and it's just a completely different feel. What I'm saying is that when I was, listening to the first episode with uh phil it was, it was great it was entertaining but after a while well the, the phil episode was great and you know simba episode was great too but then i feel like simba episode had a lot more of oh that person this person you know that that you know that t- at that time you're know, doing this sure. that with those people i i felt like i, Too I much insider information yeah i i couldn't really connect to those parts because one i i, I guess I'm seeing it from a person who's never been through the whole, you know, club of far phase. And, and mm-hmm. I, I understand that that's the main story. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to detract from that either. No, that's fine. I'm glad you, I'm glad you bring that up. But I feel like, you know, like Simba's take on, let's say like, if, if, if someone like a, some like a garage or like, even let's say like Nissan themselves, all of a sudden, hypothetically said, said, Oh, we're going to bring our S S platform back. It's going to be electric. But you know we're, we're gonna we're gonna try to penetrate the drifted market, you know with it, you know that it, it's I, I I don't it's a hypothetical, but it's yeah. an interesting hypothetical. Well, here's you know, here's like, another here's another hypothetical. I got into like a debate with like uh, Lee Roto, another guy from Proceed, one of Simba's teammates, about what makes a car exciting because mm-hmm. I don't think Teslas are exciting. I think they excite a, a certain demographic, and that's yeah. fine. 
It's just, I'm not a part of that demo. Um, and so I said like, ultimately, if there's no, what is the goal of electric cars or alternative fuels? It's to reduce carbon emissions, right? It's not ultimately about efficiency. So I'm saying if ultimately the goal of electric cars is to reduce carbon emissions, why can't we have manual electric cars? And then Lee was like, went on a rant and like, this is ridiculous. Like it's inefficient, it's stupid, it's the old yeah. way. And I said, no, I said, then you know what? You're right. It is, it is all those things, but it doesn't mean there's not a market for that. I, it, it's, it's a very interesting question. And I, I feel like it, we could see a little bit of glimpse of insight from the Porsche Taycan or Taycan yeah. Yeah. or Taycan. How do you say that? <laughs> I don't fucking care. <laughs> but, you know, take Taycan has two-speed transmission. Yeah, Dude, and, the Tesla Roadster has a two-speed transmission, I think. The, the new one that's coming, right? Or yeah. Or talking about the original one? No, the new one. Okay. So, like, I feel like there is a sense, like, you know, like, I guess us, you know, automotive enthusiasts, you know, we have this, like, when, when you're driving and you, you're, you're, I mean, it's irrelevant to electric cars, but, you know, when you're off at the, you know, almost at the red line and you shift, whether manual or automatic or whatever the fuck, right? DCT, DCT when you shift and you get another life of the whole RPM gauge that, yeah. that you could just go through, it's you know, that moment is exciting, yeah. right? It's part of the experience. And I feel like I haven't driven the Taycan, but yeah. like a lot of the reviews that I've read, they're talking about that actually having that switch, you know, where you go, there's like whole well, rush of torque here's... and there's like gear switch. And you get a whole nother rush of torque. It's even if it's inefficient from like the completely like an efficiency standpoint, like point of view, it makes the car a little bit more interesting and a little bit more exciting. And here's the here's the other thing. So there's a practical reason on why you put a two-speed transmission or a multi-speed transmission on uh, an electric motor. Top it's, speed. It, exactly, because you run out of gearing. Because like yeah. even electric motors have an RPM limit to what they right. spin to. So in order to get a torque multiplier, you have to add a second gear in yep. another gear ratio. So again, if you're just using that train of thought, why don't you just have a multi-speed gearbox yeah. in an electric car? I mean, we may not need six speeds, but yeah. we could, why not use like three speeds? Yeah, and then just yeah. having a paddle shift is manual technically, right? Like I had to pull yeah. the trigger. User-controlled shift. Sure. How about right, that? Right. <laughs> I mean, technically you could do it in a three pedal too and just make the third pedal like a solenoid. So it's not physically connected to anything. Mm. So you have to engage it though to pull the, the lever to do an H pattern. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? These are all physical, these are all possibilities. What do you think yeah. you do when you run a play a simulator like a simulator? Yeah. You're not actually shifting a transmission. You're right. But and, you can actually and, shift the transmission. And the whole notion of you know essentially a pointless third pedal. Right. But it enhanced the experience. You know, yeah, and you don't like have the, to use it because it's still electric it, and it's still it, technically automatic. It, it's like pumped in audio. It, it's yeah. completely unnecessary, exactly. but you know, it enhances the user experience. Exactly. And you know, I don't know if Ford's thinking about this, to be honest. Um, but I know like the CEO Jim Farley is a he's a big race car guy. So if anyone's gonna do it, I think Ford could potentially do it. So that is kind of like exciting in the back of my head, you know, from my bring mind, back like, the spirit of GT40. Kind of. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, but like I'm saying like these electric, just because like Tesla has built uh, one version of an electric car doesn't mean everyone has to follow that mm -hmm. um, version. In fact, I feel like the electric, electric car market would thrive further yeah. if there are different, like differentiations. Exactly. That's more why options, I, more options is always great. 
Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, okay? Like, I'll, I don't know if I should be saying this, but fuck it. Um, so well, you can always edit it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, I work for Ford, just in case anyone listening has doesn't understand what I do. Um, I work for Ford. I am the lead systems engineer for the Magneride uh, damping system um, for Ford. And if you're not familiar with what that is, it's the uh, magne Magneto Rheological Dampers. But basically, anytime you read anything about the Ford Mach-E GT Performance Edition, you're going to see that that's a, a big thing that they always mention um, of what separates the Performance Edition from the regular GT. Uh, so what it is, is like an electronically controlled damper or shock absorber. So what that means is like, if you hit a bump in the road, the computer knows it so it can adjust accordingly and knows what to do with it. Basically, that's the layman's way to explain what I do. Well, but then what, what happens when they detect a bump? Like what happens to the suspension that's unique to Magnaride? Um, what it does unique is nothing to other damper systems, adaptive damper systems. And the fact that it'll make the softer for, like for um, a bump or stiffer for a pothole so your tire doesn't fall in the wheel or whatever. Mm -hmm. So in that aspect, like there's nothing special that does. But what is special is that it uses um, electromagnetism to use the shock, to control the shock absorbers. So there's no physical parts. So it's a lot simpler of a system. It's a lot more efficient. Um, it's a lot faster responding. So the performance is better, you know? Conceptually, is it similar to any other magnet, magnetized, electromagnetical? They're the only ones in town right? because they have own the patents. Really? Yeah. But hasn't like GM had like something to do with electromagnets in their so suspension? So GM invented the technology through their supplier Delphi at the time. But okay. During the bankruptcy, they spun off Delphi to BWI. BWI purchased Delphi or yeah. And so they purchased Delphi and so now they own the technology. Oh, I so think Magneride is old Delphi stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I, I've heard GM still might get some licensing money. Mm -hmm. So in that way, Ford pays GM maybe every time we use Magneride. I'm not that's not confirmed. Did it didn't also like McLaren have electromagnetic suspension too? I don't think McLaren uses it. McLaren uses like a cross suspension, like fluid system. I see, I see. So it's like a different system. Um, yeah, it's, because it's a I, lot simpler, but also a lot cleverer. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess that, that sort of clears it up for me because, I, you know, when you said Magneride is patented and exclusive, I, 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 I guess I wasn't, I wasn't sure if Magneride branded tech was different than other electromagnetic systems. So Magneride is used but, on Ferraris, Audis, Lamborghinis, yeah. um, GMs, um, and Fords, and probably a couple others that I can't remember. But it's all the same system. And, I see, um, I see. But you have to integrate it with your car and your, right. your system, right? And I'm the only person that does it at Ford. Wow. So it's, see, again, it's kind of a lot of responsibility. Again, I, I feel like you're underpaid. Yeah, me too. Um, but you know, that's fine. I still like it, it's on some levels, like it kind of sucks. And I describe what I do as being the secretary because most of my, my job is just emails and meetings. Um, and you know, I don't even sit in the car most days. Um, in fact, in the mach -E, I've never even driven yet. I put a pre-order right for a GT performance just to say like, listen, I put this part of the car, um, 
you know, I designed this part of the car and, you know, not many people can say that. So like, yeah, yeah it's fucking expensive and it's a lot more money than I really should spend on a car. Yeah. But who else can really say that? Yeah, dude. Hey, yo, you got to wear that proud because yeah. you, you've worked on that. You, For, you, you've yeah. had stress because of that. So, you, you know, you might as well reap some of the benefits of the labor. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I definitely waited till the reviews came in on the base car. And if the, ba the base car reviews are pretty good so far, they're yeah. pretty positive. So, like, I know behind the scenes what's going into the GT performance. Mm -hmm. And so, like, with the Maki, you've seen nothing yet. You haven't seen anything yet. You it, know what I mean? For, I, I've read somewhere that, you know, Mustang in itself. Oh, obviously, Mustang is a sub-brand within Ford, right? But that was, it was, you know, yeah, it was yes always no. very specific car of Mustang, right? But I, I have heard that, I don't know if it's true or not. I don't even know. If you can't answer this, don't answer it. But I guess I've heard somewhere that Ford might use Mustang as just like a like an umbrella brand mm -hmm. for like a sub-brand of cars, like mm -hmm. various cars, not uh -huh. just the Mustang, the so sports car. Sort so, of like Genesis and Hyundai. yeah, 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 exactly. So what I what I can like you mean the spinoff. What I can share is that was the old CEO's vision. I don't know if that's the current CEO's vision. That's mm. all I know. Huh. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see. I mean, the, the, I, right. I feel like people who talk about oh the 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 car culture is gonna be dead. You know, electric cars coming, the sky's falling. No, I I, I it's just different. I I'm personally very very excited by this whole notion. Like, it, it it's it's gotta be. Is it gonna be the same? No. No. It's gotta be different. But that's what's exciting. And Dude, it's not car like, culture is dead is is fucking crazy. All these old yeah. people. Think about how many kids play fucking Gran Turismo or like i racing every fucking day. <clears throat> yeah. And that's only one facet of the entire exactly. Thing, and know? even like the the fucking mobile game that drifted. <laughs> That, that, that was the sound of the drifting game. That was my cats. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I literally thought it was a tire squealing. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but um, the... Dude, people, like, it's like this, like, anime-looking, cartoon-looking yeah, yeah. drift game, mobile game, and people have made, like, picture-perfect replicas of Simba's fucking car. <laughs> Which it is, is so ridiculous. It's, it's amazing. And I, this, did we talk about when we recorded I don't, I don't remember. Maybe I don't. I don't remember. Because yeah, so I had this conversation with Simba. Like, I DM'd him and like, dude, did you do you have a copy of this? And he's like, um, he's like, uh, yeah. Someone sent it to me. I was like, oh, thank God, because I was gonna say like, if you have to pay money for the digital version of your physical car, like my mind would just explode. And that's why like that whole NFT thing like kind of spiraled in like the yeah, top dude. shot because that you know at right then and there. You know, he, Simba could have authenticated car model on NFT, and if that could integrate into the game itself, dude, people would pay for that. Yeah. Obviously, people want to decorate their cars like that, but if you could have an authentic, you know, you have you have my blessings type of, you know, like the version, dude, that's that's NFT. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of out of words. So we just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not really. I don't. I don't know if that was that. It's fine. Whatever. Fuck it. It's good enough for me. All right, man. I'll uh, talk to you later. Oh, one more thing. Huh. At the end of the recording, because I wanted to say goodbye to both you and mm -hmm. Simba. Uh huh. But it came out like where I was trying to say goodbye to you guys both, uh -huh. so I just kind of like messed it up and fumbled it.
Uh-huh. So I want to say good night. I love you, Hoenn and Simba. If you listen to this, hopefully you don't, because it's pretty fucking bad. Uh, I love you too, bro. And we'll talk soon, both of you. All right. All right. See you guys later. Ran into each other at one of like one of like the track events here and there. Yeah, I guess. something. <laughs> yeah, I'd assume somewhere. But yeah. So, anyways, yeah, um, man, how's it going? How's everybody doing? Not too bad. How's uh, how's your day? Not bad. You know, just busy at work, but it's not, yeah, it's not bad. Oh, we have the. Do we have the same headphones? At least I think we do. Quiet comforts. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. But I got the cheap ones, like the QC twenty five. Not the the fancy. QC no, 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 no. That's what I have. I, right, I cool. got a cable yeah, twenty five. Yeah, I like these. I'm not Bluetooth. The sound quality is really good, actually. I mean, they always say, I mean, I'm not an audio nerd, but they always say cables are better than fucking Bluetooth, so. Yeah, but then when you have a Bose, you might as well not have cables. (laughs) True. (laughs) (laughs) True. Yeah, it's nothing special. (laughs) Um, Anyways, uh, before I, um, before we get started, uh, like, last time we kind of got, this kind of fucked up with Phil because, like, it got shipped out late and it arrived late and, and stuff. Yeah. But typically, like we're just gonna go with over like like you don't have to feel any kind of pressure about like the whiskey and you don't even have to come drink it all. It's just more of just like okay. something to do. It's like more of like the reason for the like, podcast to exist, sort of. Yeah. Okay. Um and then we'll just do the like a quick tasting and then well, you know, we'll talk about the car, but not really focus too much on it because I figure, you know, guys like Palmer or whatever other podcasts and basically there's enough information out there on the internet where Basically, you know, like people can fucking recreate it in, uh, yeah. like the fucking games and shit, like yeah. sticker by sticker, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so like we don't have to go over that shit. Um, okay. But more about like background, like you and I and how we know each other. And I kind of want to touch on like you know some of the stuff like more about you on like a personal level and like how we know each other. Okay. Um, like what you've been up to with like Club Afar, like how you got involved, and then. Like how you basically final about came about. Okay. It's like I kind of know, but I don't really know because I've been out okay. of the loop for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I think that's all, and then basically, like after that, like you know, we can just shoot the shit, you know. Okay. No, that works for me. Yeah. So nothing like no pressure and like no real like um, set format. It's just like a couple of touch points that you know I want to hit. Okay. All right, you ready? Sweet. I am ready whenever you are. Oh, you do you have a, a glass in the whiskey and stuff? Uh, which one should I be pouring first? I do. Have uh, it's, it's, it's dealer's choice. Dealer's choice, eh? So I have to read your handwriting, your chicken scratch first. Yeah. I don't know what this. What is W F E? So that's this, right here. Willet Family Estate. Um, it's a single barrel. Yeah. Normally, Willet is known for their rise. Okay. So that's it's like a green neck, but the purple like uh these uh they're there it's their bourbon okay and you can only find it when a store is it through a store pick mm. so like a store has to buy the entire barrel and then sell it so okay. like um not every state gets it and so like this guy came from um through a trade from someone in california so it's like a five year okay called, it's called the peacemaker okay. I'll, I'll take a picture of it later <laughs> all right i'll start with that sure i suppose i, yeah, I went with it because of the purple Okay, <laughs> that that works. Yeah, choose the purple. So I guess that worked for a start. All right, cool. Hey, how, how strong is this? It is fifty-eight point two. 
116 proof. Wait, are the other ones weaker than this? I mean, it's it's a uh, cask strength, so it, it just varies, right? Oh, all of them are cask strength. Yeah, they're all, all single barrels oh, are nice. cask strength. No, I'm talking about like other whiskeys that we got. Oh, so the Mitsui, the Mitsui. is like Mitsui is a uh, 48 percent, and uh-huh. it's the other is Four Roses, which is 40 percent, is 80 proof. Is this yep. Four Roses? This is the strongest. So it's, it's I don't yeah, this is the strongest. We might we're starting our strong. <laughs> so we're actually doing this backwards. Yeah, we're yeah, not going to taste any of the other ones. Yeah, but that's also like a, like a very simple kind of thing to do, to do things backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I asked and you didn't give me an answer, so yeah. I picked my choice. I picked All my right. poison. Cheers, fellas. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Mm. It was good, though. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hmm. Alan, you're not... You want to lead us off with the tasting notes? And what you what you got sure. out of it? Well, on the nose, you know, when you smell it, I smell like raisins, but I I feel like that flavor, like dried fruits, whether it's like rye or bourbon, it, I feel like that's the base note or base smell. That's interesting. I smell just like I don't know how to describe it, mm-hmm. but I smell like like a dark sweetness. Yeah, yeah, it's very fruity for sure, but like not in a bad way. But yeah, I can no. definitely I can see that dark sweetness. I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes sense actually. Yeah, I don't know how I to mean, like. I don't know how to describe it in like in a, in a way that people could understand, other than like, yeah, dark sweetness, almost like a yeah. If honey was like I, stuck in say, a barrel. When I say like raisins or like dried fruits, I think that's what I what I you know, what I'm trying to say is that it's like dark sweetness. It's not like bright, like fresh fruits, Yeah. but mm. you know, it's, it's very subdued, but it's like, it's, it's like dark room sweetness type of thing. Dude, I really like this. I really like this actually. That's good. Yeah, that's actually really good. It's got like a very like viscous quality. So like it coats your tongue. It's like very oily. And so like the heat like just builds yeah, its way down it's, your like esophagus. It, it's I really like in the it. trail in the glass. Yeah, it's like really thick. Like you can see like the viscosity of it. Mm-hmm. It's good, but I also drink my whiskey like I drift my car. I don't know what's happening. I just do it. <laughs> I mean, if if you want to swish swish the whiskey around in your mouth a little bit, you know. <laughs> I, I was taught a Melvin taught me a Charleston chew is what I don't know. That's what they do. Oh in yeah, like, yeah. Certain the Kentucky, areas the the Kentucky chew. The Kentucky chew. Is that what, is, yeah. is there a difference between a Kentucky Charleston chew, chew and a Kentucky Charleston chew? Is the, the, it's the fucking candy, dude. It's the chocolate. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, it could be because yeah, you do. It does like stick, so I could, I could see that that does make sense. Yeah, they just say throw it in the back, throw it in the back of your by your by your gums, basically, and just yeah, yeah. I I get. I mean, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, actually, they might call it that because like for like Scotch drinkers, Mm, maybe. So that might make. Then you know that could be. I can't remember. So is that then Scottish chew? I don't know what they call the candies, dude. Dude, Simba. Oh, actually, shit. We fucked up again. God damn it. We suck at this. Did you not re- start recording? Well, welcome no. to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Spirit of Build. <laughs> Today, we have uh, Simba Rashi Nyemba as our guest. Uh, Simba yes, Rashi Nyemba of yes, Proceed. Late intro. Proceed. Also yeah. of, uh-huh. of Club FR and of Final Bout and whatever yep. else. I don't know what else you, you do. <laughs> I mean, you, you're like some kind of like, all I know is like, you're like a, or some influencer with like a bajillion followers. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> far from a bajillion. I'm not that far yet. Yeah, but I mean, it's like Nothing five crazy, figures, right? But... It's solidly five no. figures. 
or yeah yeah i guess yeah it is yeah, yeah it's like 13 or something that's overwhelming yeah it's interesting how it's gotten that far and it just kind of like happened out of the blue to be honest it's just kind of it's my car everybody likes the car so I, I know it is what it is it's true but then it makes me like i've you know there's always days well you've been off social media for a while and it, it's kind of nice isn't it when you were off social media okay. i would love to be off of it but like you can it's kind of hard to do that in the club of far and final about business you kind of i kind of have to yeah. be on it. That's, no, that's the problem true. i know it's it takes an emotional toll man that's why i just got off of it a little bit yeah no you're smart <laughs> it's a good thing to do sometimes take a break so i like when i do disappear into some random country or some shit and just step away and just go back home well earl came back to social media so so who's the fool <laughs> yeah i am a fool really Dude, why do you, but everyone thinks i'm crazy <laughs> now right i feel like everything's crazy because i just like speak the truth so <laughs> yeah, you're all over the place all yeah, well, crazy it's not, it's not my fault it's like in a, like an average week, I have to deal with like maybe 300 conversations. So it's a fucking mm. lot. So just yeah, between yeah. my like daily life and like social media. So like sometimes I just can't keep track of like who's asking for what. And I have like three <laughs> different cell phones. I only have Jesus. social media on one. So like sometimes like yeah. I forget He's what I'm like, dealer. who I'm supposed to be talking to. So I was going to say, yeah, usually this more than one cell phone is a drug dealer. One of them, uh, one of those like pay by pay by minute yeah, phones. Yeah, yeah. What like are those? Prepaid? Yeah, 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 you got one of those. Why do you think I've been preaching all about crypto, dude? It's it's to avoid <laughs> it's to launder oh, money. Geez. There you go. Now I'm understanding. Here exactly. we go. I've watched Ozark. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yet. You, really? It's good, dude. No, I'm I'm behind on a lot. I just watched Game of Thrones like three weeks ago. Uh, dude, so I watched like, like I'm behind on the first shows. episode and like I fell asleep and yeah. I'm never gonna watch this. And I just yeah. I didn't bother. Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it's good if you watch it in a row. I wouldn't. No, I can understand I, why no, somebody would. I waited to binge it. Oh, I and couldn't get past the first episode, okay. so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm not gonna bother." Well, after when you give up on trying to know what's actually going on, because I for the first three seasons I didn't know who the fuck was who, because I can't hear, I couldn't hear them, and I didn't want to put subtitles on, and I didn't know what they were saying. <laughs> what's wrong accents. with subtitles? I. I watch enough anime with enough subtitles. That's enough. I really, it, it, it distracts me. So like with anime, yeah. it's one thing. You can't thing. watch what's going on. Cause I always read. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. With anime, it's like, all right, at least it's like meant to be some simple scenes, but like with game of Thrones or other TV shows, you really got to like watch what's on the screen kind of thing. So if I see the subtitles, I'm going to read them a hundred percent. Like I like just can't help myself. Book. Yeah, at that point, I might as well read the book, right? Like, what's the? Like, let me just read the book. You, get the, you don't get to see the titties, apparently. That's what I hear. Right? Like, that's why. Yeah, I but then, them. as after like season three, then all the actors and actresses were like, "No, we make money. We're not showing our titties anymore." So, that kind why of do people stop? Like, I don't know. Well, everyone's like, "Okay, you have to wait until the middle, and then it gets good." So I'm like, and then also the ending is not good. So I'm like, you mean it's not fucking good? Why would I watch it? <laughs> The ending, yeah. I mean, the ending was. I liked the ending actually. To be honest, it wasn't bad, but it was one of those. If I waited however many years to get to the ending, I'd be like, all right, this is kind of dumb. But yeah, you had when to you wait watch eight it all, fucking or, years. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 part sucks. Like, really, like it's, that's, that's a bit dude, much. I fell, I, I fell into that trap once. Remember, we used to like watch How I Met Your Mother, like back yeah. at, on Mondays, like at your place. Yeah, like, and that ending sucked. Yeah. Dude, I was like, I waited ten years for this. Why? Yeah, yeah, they I'm really so that mad. Up. <laughs> They're like, wait, you, you're lying to us this whole time. I know, dude. It was, it was, 
felt cheated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the ending was fine, but it should have came in like yeah, 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 yeah. six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those because you know most TV shows they try and stretch. They yeah. take as much money as they can until it starts getting bad. Then they then they end it abruptly. Yeah. Oh, but whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. Knowing that, when to exit. It's true. No, but I was going to say that. Um, speaking of which, we should probably just get into like the history of like how we kind of know each other. Yeah. So like I don't know about you, but my first I remember from what my memory we met back at uh, John Ann's and Mark's place, Mark, his parents' place. That was like right after I think. That was like right after you painted your car purple, I think, and you were like on the gold gram lights, and John helped you install the turbo. Okay. Oh, was that the first time I met you? you. I think that was. Oh wow! Yeah, that would have been. I think that's like fifteen years ago. Yeah, that was a very long. Yeah, John was helping me do the turbo, and I remember like every time john every time john worked on my car he cut himself and he cut himself <laughs> working on the turbo like no matter what he was doing he'd be doing something as simple as like putting in a radio in the car and he would cut himself one way or another only on my car he knows that your car's just, cursed dude basically that's what it was but yeah, yeah i do remember that day because hey maybe that might have been the first time i would have met you i think so Where, that was like 2006 yeah because i remember his dad was just like giving a shit the entire yeah, time yeah he'd like grab his heineken Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, damn. Sure. That, 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 yeah, that might have been the first time. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So basically, Simba and I, for the listeners at home, Simba and I have known each other for about fifteen years, and we just met kind of randomly. Um, yeah. And that was kind of my real introduction to like uh, drifting in Chicago, to be honest. Because before that, like, I didn't really like know anyone that did it. I just knew like that drifting existed and that's why i had like the s14 at the time yeah it was pretty early on because i mean at that point i'd maybe had been drifting for like three years i would probably say yeah maybe maybe three years roughly damn three years maybe maybe a little longer i don't know Dude, you were six, to remember. Since 16 yeah I mean, yeah i started drifting it i got my s13 at like almost just about 17 at 16 uh, okay. is when i got it and then i drifted it pretty much because i met crab i met crab before i had the 240 and i met jesse i think before but like when i got the car i met them once and then they they just like one random day were took me out street drifting they were just like let's go street drifting and i didn't care at the time but like i was just like fine i'll go watch but then instead of watching after i watched them they're like okay it's your turn i was like wait what i was like i don't know what to do how to do it and they just kind of gave me a quick like two second rundown and I did it, and then that's ever since. But yeah, that was maybe after like two months of me owning that car, okay. I'd probably say. What spot was that? Uh, the big DCs, downtown in Bolingbrook. Uh, so okay. the first, one of the first main spots. Yeah, it was raining. We just went down there, and that's it. So how did you find them? Though? How did I find the spot or find no, them? No, Cra- Crab and Jesse. Uh, so like I was. I've always, I think it's just been a thing for me, which is why I still host events. But like I was hosting 240 meets when I was 16, basically, because I knew I wanted to, after I decided on wanting a 240 and it was, wasn't so much that I wanted a 240, it was more that that's what I knew I could afford. So I wanted to like learn about them. So, and I wanted to meet people that like knew about them and try and figure out what to, what to look for, you know, all that kind of things. And like forums were a thing, but figured it'd be easier just to do it in person kind of thing. So I, I started like helping host 240 meets and like, cause I was on forums and like we would host 240 meets and whatnot. And Brian would, and Crab would show up every now and then and yeah. Jesse would show up every now and then. And then eventually I got a car. And then when I got a car is when they were just like, Hey, 
So wait, were you going to 240 meets before you hit a car? Without the car? Yeah, no. I was going before. <laughs> hardcore. No wonder you're so hardcore with the S chassis, dude. Exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You dedicated like, your yeah. entire life to that fucking car. Pretty much. God it's, damn, yeah, dude. pretty much. Like, I probably I didn't go to a lot. I like I set up a meet or two without the car. Like, yeah, but yeah, not yeah. very many. But yeah, and then I think I, sh- I showed up in my parents' Camry and like just fucking checked out 240s. And I learned. I mean. <laughs> You yeah, know, cool. nowadays I always wonder how do kids like learn these things because nobody likes to go like see people. They just do everything on Instagram. But it yeah. was the, it's the simplest thing. It's like you just go to the meet and show up and you see, you know, what can you do? What can cars look like? And I just learned everything on the forums. Yeah, I mean, forums are one way. But yeah, I just I don't know. I wanted to see it in person. Oh, that's I've cool, always though. been just like a in-person kind of kind of so, guy for that. So then what got you into a chassis even before you got the car? Like what what's the story behind that? So my brother, I have an older brother who's four years older than me. He was into cars. He had an MX-6. And, like, he wasn't really into cars, like, a lot. But he had one, and he liked to, like, modify it. Like, to put JDM headlights on it. And he also had help from Melvin. So Earl knows. I don't know. I don't know if you know Melvin, but obviously Earl does. But so I've known Melvin since I was five. I've known him since I was, I think, five. So basically, when I moved to the U.S., so I was born Wait, in Zimbabwe. You've known Melvin since you were five. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when when we moved to the U.S., my mom was a nurse at like Northside at Thorick. I don't know if you know where Thorick is at in uh, Thorick Hospital, kind of by I don't know, it's like Six Corners area in the general area. But but anyway, so um, so she was a nurse there, and she met Melvin's mom, and they were both nurses at the same hospital. And like, you know, Filipinos, the way they are is like, hey, come over for, for family lunch. Yeah. You know, whatever. And they just kind of like, we didn't know anybody. So my mom just befriended Melvin's mom, basically. And so we, I would go over there, me and my brother would go over there as kids just to family parties of theirs, basically, and just to eat randomly. So like, it was obviously Melvin, Mark and Matt were all there. So I met them then. It was one of those like, Hey, these are my friends forced go play with each other, right? Like one of those things. But like, and that's probably how my brother started getting into cars because Melvin's family, like his uncles and grandparents are all into cars and like Melvin and all of them had like fancy cars and all that. So my brother was into cars because of them for the most part. Okay. And then I just was trying to find a car, right? When it came time to buy a car, it was just like, I wanted a GSX, but couldn't afford that. That was like, Give me like 15 grand or 10 grand at the time. <laughs> and then I kept like working my way down and down and down on the list of what I could get. Like I went through like Prelude, GSX, I tried Talons, I tried yeah. uh, Integras, all sorts of stuff. Couldn't afford any of that. And then eventually 240 was like, oh, this is $2,500. I could afford this. Yeah. And it looked cool. Wait. Didn't really know anything about it. What year did you graduate high school? Uh, 2003. Three? Wait, so yeah. you graduated the same age as me? Yeah, I, I mean, so, you're like 16 when you graduated. I heard that story, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Holy when we shit, moved dude. here, I started school in the UK, like whatever they they don't call it kindergarten or whatever. But when I came I'm here, here, yeah, I should have went to kindergarten, but they like gave me some test. Like I don't know what test do you give a four year old, right? Like, and I I knew more than like how to point, and they were like, go to first grade, and I was like, all right. So, yeah, I ended up in first grade when I probably should have went to kindergarten. But I think also for my parents, they were just like, if you're a parent, if you had an option when you came to America, going to kindergarten because it's not full time, right? Versus first grade is full time. So I have a feeling it was more that decision of like my parents are like, if you put you in first grade, we don't have to worry about you, right? 
That's my guess. They never told me that, but that <laughs> if I was them, I would have done that too. So, that's what I would do. They put me into first grade. That sounds yeah, like a yeah, 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 Why not? Like it's yeah, cheaper. For sure. Exactly. You mean we have to pay? It's a cheaper option. To send it to yeah, school? Exactly. No. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So they're just like public school. It is. Here you go. Take yeah. them. Take them. Do it to Main so, East, yeah. right? Or Main You're South? Out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Which which school yeah. did you go to? Main East. Main East. So you know Doug, right? Which is the ironic part is because like eventually I you know I moved away from Melvin. And yeah. Doug, which Doug Pages? Doug Han. Doug Han. Yeah. Yeah. Doug yeah, Pages. Yeah. And, Oh, Doug. Oh, Doug uh, it was Apollo. Did you go to Apollo? What year? He, no, I didn't. I went to Gemini. Oh, Gemini. I'm sorry. Gemini. That's what I meant. He went to Gemini. He's a year younger than you yeah. in yeah, grade, yeah, yeah. but he's like a year older yeah. than you in real life, if that makes sense. So he's Melvin's. <laughs> he's Melvin's grade. Yeah, sure. He's I Melvin's guess. age and grade. Because Melvin yeah. is older than me by like a couple months, yeah. but he's one year behind me. <laughs> so, so weird, yeah. dude. <laughs> It's, it's so what was it like to be like the smartest African kid in your school <laughs> from from England? <laughs> I mean, no it hurts my brain, dude. At the, at the time, yeah, at the time it meant nothing because, you know, at that age, you don't really know. Like, you had to be like the smallest kid in your class. I'd never really noticed. Yeah. I mean, far. yeah, I was definitely small. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, even just now, right? I'm not like right. a large human or anything like that. Right. So right. I was always short. You know, like seven year old versus like four year, four, five year old. Yeah, it's huge. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was small. I was definitely the shortest kid usually at all times. But it never really clicked. Like, I'm no. like two years younger than these guys. Like, everyone's Mm-mm. driving Mm-mm. and I'm getting my driver's license my senior year. No, I mean, so in high school, obviously, <laughs> is when it, like, started to become, oh, like, yeah. an odd thing. But then, like, even in high school, who really had, like, not everybody had a car at 16 or 17, yeah, you know, junior and senior year. And my brother was still at high school. Like, my brother was two years ahead of me. Yeah. So for freshman and sophomore year, he would drive me. And then my junior year, I don't know how I got to school my junior year. And then senior year, I moved to Bolingbroke. But I drove with my dad because I didn't want to, I wanted to stay in main east for the last yeah, year yeah, just yeah. because why not yeah but yeah i think yeah so like it really it didn't bother me and then like basically when i graduated it was about when i got the car yeah okay. so, cool. yeah oh so you got the car the same year i did holy shit yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a long time ago bought it from some old lady one owner yeah i got mine like as soon as i graduated high school like uh, i got the s14 not bad. See, yeah, you're fancy. I went cheap S13. 1989 is all I could afford. So my my logic was like, my parents were like, here, you're going to have $5,000, buy whatever car you want. And I'm like, okay, what's the coolest car I can get for $5,000? I'm yeah. like, well, it's a Zenki S14. Yeah, that's fair. And then now, like, even then, $5,000, I can't afford it somehow. It's fucking, <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it hurts my brain, dude. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough how pricing is gone. Dude, how like, $5,000 $5, back then, you know, it, it's got to be like six, seven, eight thousand now, right? Yeah. In terms of like car prices. Yeah, I guess. Eh, I mean, if it was, yeah, I guess. In no, terms hold of on. That, Wait, yeah, let, me, of, let me, hold on. Let me think about this in terms of McDonald's cheeseburgers. If you're talking inflation wise, yes, I guess, if that's what you mean. But if you're talking. The, the actual price of these cars, they've more than doubled of those yeah, times, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's hype or i don't even know what you consider that it's not inflation well but it's just... think about it this way in 2003 you could get on tax day a, a cheeseburger for 35 cents from mcdonald's 
right? You remember that? I mean, because I remember I used I did that every year of high school on tax day. April fifteenth, yeah, yeah, I remember, because it was right by Stevenson, the McDonald's. You yeah. it's like walkable, so every yeah, but tax day price, yeah, you can't use that the cheapest day. <laughs> but guess yeah. what? They don't have that anymore, and like the cheapest no. you can get it for so, is like ninety. So there's cents. nothing to compare it to. <laughs> <laughs> the tax yeah. thing doesn't. But the, average, the average, the average, the average cheeseburger was sixty nine cents then. Yeah, or fifty. Yeah, you cents. can compare sixty. Yeah, you can compare sixty nine cents to the ninety nine cents. So, but now it's like a dollar forty nine, right? Is it that much? Uh, don't, don't they still know. have ninety nine cent value meal burgers? I don't. Do I don't get McDonald's that often. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if I go to McDonald's, I just get a Big Mac and I just fuck that up. Yeah. Give me the most expensive thing on the menu here. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. either way, S fourteen have gone up in value somehow. Yeah, a lot. And, and Dude, I, I, I would have made money had I just how... not sold the car. It just let it sit. Well, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, but that's. Everything, yeah, right. Like, if you have the space and want to keep something around, yeah, keep it around. It's most likely going up in well, value. That's why I had like five chances likely, at one point, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, shit. Like, I know these are gonna go up in value, and I'm not gonna be able to like, uh, yeah, you know, what yeah. I mean? buy them again. Then shit, like, I need space and like have to sell them. And like, fuck, I can't afford them. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can just always yeah. use. Like, yeah, I've thrown away parts too. That I'm just like, yeah. When you factor in the cost of storage. Like it, it you, you don't really make much at all. Because True. I've done this calculation because I've wanted so many different things. I was like, hmm, how much would it cost to store 10 cars? Oh, and can I turn a profit on this? No, I yeah, can't. that's and true. <laughs> it, 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 it gets it works with like parts, which even parts like sometimes like I feel bad because I threw away some parts recently. And then like I think like two years ago, I threw away something and then I needed them. So I tried to rebuy them and I was just like, holy shit, this is so damn expensive for me to get these damn parts. And I threw them away and they're just sitting in a corner, right? Like I should have kept it, but whatever, yeah. spring dude, cleaning, I guess. That's why everyone's like, dude, just turn your STI back into like a street car. I'm like, well, I have to piece together the entire fucking interior. That'll cost me a fortune. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're better off point, finding might... a broken one. Yeah, exactly. you, need a, you need a parts car at that point. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I also forgot like, uh, God damn, we're so bad at this, Howard. So Welcome can you introduce to... your car? I don't know what car you have. <laughs> or not not what car. I don't know what year it is and all that. Like I just know it's like a 240 coupe. Oh it's yeah, a... this is a car podcast, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Car <laughs> podcast. It's a 90. So like it, to be honest, I'm not even a hundred percent my car's a 91, but I believe it's a 91. <laughs> I should probably check it. I'll ask Bob. Had... I know it was it used to, I know it belonged to Bob at one point. So I'll ask him. Yeah, Bob would know. And like so that I know the options are 91 or 92 basically it's yeah. not a 93 or it could be 93 it can't be a 94 because that's a verb but there weren't very many 93s to begin with yeah i'm Aren't like, all like 94s like uh, convertibles or something like that? yeah they're all convertibles yeah. so like the dilemma is uh, you know i've had f- technically four chassis and one of them i never used so that's why i don't remember the years and i know the first one is 89 and then after that it's it was whatever somebody had right it was it, it's because so it's like irrelevant right yeah yeah exactly like every time somebody asks i'm like i don't know it's an s13 it's whatever like it doesn't make a difference what okay, it you heard is. there per- people it's uh s13 nissan yeah 240sx coupe probably stolen because he's black yeah it's yeah yeah who knows maybe <laughs> <laughs> it may be who knows i'm hey, just Bob, kidding because no well so when i was at uh Sold it to me. when i was at eric's shop i ran into bob uh last time i was in chicago um mm-hmm. and like according to bob like apparently like 
I didn't know that, that uh, your chassis was originally Bob's, but the motor that came out of that chassis ended up in Bryn's F13. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, anymore. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I did. I found that out eventually from Eric, yeah. but I didn't know that until maybe a few months ago. Yeah. Because I knew um, I knew he had a motor, but I didn't know what he did with it. And that answered the question. Why, why didn't you think the motor was the, he, with the chassis? Uh, I had a motor already, and the, my motor was fine. And okay. like at that time, I didn't have expendable money that I would have just bought another motor. Granted, it would have been way cheaper to buy that and just hold on to it. Wait, what happened to the, the last chassis? That was that was the hatch, right? That was the purple hatch, the last chassis. Uh, no, that was coupe, coupe, purple coupe. It okay, so what happened with hatch, the purple coupe? The first hatch that I ever bought, and then I got a coupe. Uh, that one. Wait, so, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Let's go through the history of the four chassis then, like, and like how each one of them like got like <laughs> how they all yeah. died. Yeah. Um, <laughs> starting with Boulder. So, I they all die-ish, kind of. I mean, re- realistically, only two died. Yeah. One of them I just never used. But so the first one is the hatch. That's the first one I got. That was the '89. That was the one that was silver when I bought it. That one eventually hit Boldar, but like that was right at the time when TF started bringing in Origin, so I was able to get arrows. So covered that all up, and then it was the purple coupe or purple hatch, right. and I had that for a while, but eventually street drift well not necessarily street drifting we were going to a car show put it that way and on the way to the car show decided to drift an on-ramp and ran out of gearing and went straight into the k-rail and fucking destroyed this car granted i still used it for like a good six months after like i told it back to tf put some kind of made it look half decent it was pretty twisted up at that point, but I used it for a couple of events regardless because I didn't have money for another chassis until I got the coupe, the second coupe. So I ended up getting rid of that chassis. It was pretty much useless, so I, that's why that one died. Then I got another coupe, which I got from this guy, Chris. Um, it was a shell, swapped everything over. Everything was good, blah, blah. I used that for a few years. Is that right for was, Chris? Um, to be honest, I don't know. Maybe? It's not... Um, it's It's posthumous he's no longer alive but uh it's a different chris if you maybe think of chris hackinson maybe but this is a no, different no, no, chris no, no. no not hackinson yeah there's this chris he you might not know him he wasn't like he was in the game a little bit but yeah he he passed away maybe like a year after i got that car i okay. think but yeah so i got that car from him put it all together did everything did some pro-am days that's the car that got impounded and a whole bunch of blah 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 bullshit and all that stuff too uh that car died at big dc because i went to go drift at big dc blah blah blah, do all that and then something happened some sort of suspension failure i think it's because i ended up putting some really big wheels and really big tires up front and it just like binded up and like broke my control arm crashed that thing into a truck basically and ruined the shit out of that car so got rid of that picked up another coupe from one of TF Mike's friends um, and I was going to swap everything over. It was at TF getting ready for that. But then like, then I looked at the chassis and the chassis was complete shit. It was like all rusted and it was useless and blah, blah, blah. So I didn't even use that chassis. I was just like, fuck it. Let me just get rid of this one. Then Bob about Bob's, yeah. I got Bob's chassis and Bob's chassis was like perfect and pristine. Cause you know, Bob's pretty neurotic about that stuff. So yeah. ended up getting his and that's the same car I've had this whole time. Dude, that, that thing is idea. tired then, huh? 
It's pretty old. Where'd I you mean, get that? Good question. Maybe 2000... Shit, 14? 14? I think. God damn. Maybe 2014, 2015? I didn't even know you like uh, crashed the other coop. I didn't know that there were two coops. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that coop was... It was not short-lived. It was the one that I went to Laughlin with. Yeah. I had that for maybe like three years. It was a very short stint in the middle of the two. Because that one, I didn't drive too much. So do you want to get back into a hatch? Uh, I like the coupe. I want a hatch, but as a secondary car. I don't think I would replace the coupe at this moment. But I wouldn't mind a secondary car. Is so there you, a reason that you are, you're sticking with S13 the whole time? Uh, so, one, I do just generally love the chassis. And, like, one thing that I've noticed in my however many years of watching people drift is I notice a lot of people switch chassis and rebuild. And, like, the whole process of changing chassis, like, to something completely different is such an expensive thing. You have to rewire your brain to drive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like that part, to be honest, the driving part doesn't bother me as much. It's more literally the build to get it to like the level of where this car is. I would basically lose out on a ton of money just to like get back because, you know, it's if I were to sum up like I'm sure Earl, if you summed up what your Subaru was done, right? Like it's it's a very large amount of money that you don't really want to think about. (laughs) But like when you do it over 20 years, right? Like, and I generally, (laughs) yeah, like I've carried some parts over little by little, like obviously Mm -hmm. they get refreshed and replaced as it goes. But for the most part, like I've changed, you know, the subframes have switched over with all the parts and like little by little, like there isn't, I don't think there's anything that still exists from the hatch actually like the floor mats do but that's about it <laughs> but you're like you know like it's little by checkered, little right little like, origin checkered ones this is gone yeah those are i think are probably the only thing from the hatch that Their still exists. Spirit lives on yeah, yeah. Well, i think that is but yeah so like actually in the seats technically although i'm about to get rid of those but like the seats are one of them is still the same seat is it the buddy club my first hatch but and the steering wheel yeah, the buddy club and the steering wheel. The steering wheel oh, is the God. same car that the same wheel I've had in every single chassis. So that seems yeah, so, like, so gross by just, now. It's in so many ass. It was redone. It was okay. it was redone. <laughs> so like it was redone not too long ago. Well, maybe a few years back. But like now it's so many ride alongs. So it's time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's such a pain. But yeah, so like overall, I mean, and plus I just like the S thirteen. Yeah. So I what do you know? Gonna... Some people that have switched to S fourteen and like. Sorry, no, I was just gonna say, like, yeah, when you're just gonna like grow up and, and oh, wait, like, no, you uh, now you're back. I see you. Yeah, no, I, I was just gonna say, when are you gonna grow up and just get a JZ80, get a Supra, or a Soar? It's that's money. It's um. Well, all of this Soar is right? a potential, right? Like I, the JZ80, yeah, no, the Soar, the Soar is probably like a third the cost. I would bet for yeah. me to get what I want, maybe even less. I think to be they actually look better like too, realistically, to be if I wanted to get into a sir. Yeah, they well, it depends. They can look better. The only reason why I like the JZ80 is just because it's kind of an ignorant car kind of thing. And like to be honest, it wasn't I don't want one for a drift car. Maybe everybody thinks I want one for a drift car, but I just want one for a highway car. That's it. Oh, like, uh, okay. No reason to go 100 miles an hour, 140, 180. Just why the hell not? That's Dude, what it's cool, man. Like the 
the JDM ones had like active like uh, arrow, like the curtain shutters, like back in like '93 or whatever. That's fucking oh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a lot. They had an active spoiler too, yeah. or front lip, front lip, I should say. What is JZ80? Uh, Mark IV, Mark Super. IV Supra. Oh, the Fast and Furious. That's the one with Supra. the big butt, right? Fast and Furious Supra. Okay. Paul yeah. Walker one. Yeah, that's the JZ80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, eventually. Yeah, I finished. I'm gonna finish this. You guys want to move on to the next one? Well, oh yeah, I'm almost. Should we should we talk about the finish? <laughs> oh yeah, the finish. I'll just finish, boys. <laughs> I like it. I told you, like I like I like the way like like because it's viscous, like the heat just slowly builds, and then um, like that cinnamon almost, like that. Um, yeah, it does have that. That heat. I don't know how you describe that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a very strong cinnamony type of feel. It almost tastes like the, there's a very high rye content. Oh yeah, I bet. Like, I bet I can. There's, it's, it's slightly minty and cooling at the end. So here's the thing: there's like whiskey nerds, and then there's like Willet nerds, and Willet nerds are like <laughs> the next level, man. It's like yeah. it, it, it's yeah. like the it's like people that drive S13s still. You know? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a culture in itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's not like that. It's like if you had, if you were like an S13 fan and you were trying to source every single Nismo part ever, and you only bought Nismo parts, or you know, true, it's like that kind of like next level, like so all the LM GT4s, right? Know. Or do you know Damon? Yeah, I know Damon. Yeah. Or I know, know I haven't met him, but he only lives like 20 miles north of here. So you know, I told him like you know over the summer, yeah, whenever, yeah, yeah. whenever I get a chance to like hook up or whatever. Meet. Yeah, he is the Niz- not Nismo nerd, but Nissan OE nerd. Oh yeah, man, I've seen like, dude, I remember because immaculate, like, dude, he was a customer when I was still working at TF or like right before. Oh yeah, he was like a cust. I think he was a customer when I was still working at TF. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He's been in the two forty game for God knows how many years. Like ever since I not maybe ever since I've been in it, but maybe like a year or two after me. But he's you know he doesn't drift or anything, yeah. but he's just kind of. No, he I mean, knows I get it. everything about the chassis, like how to it's just like full cool, rebuild. Yeah, because yeah. like for me, it's like I just remember seeing like the Camry on Bra- bronze uh, username yeah. like, on all the forums that I was on, like you know every single one of them. Yeah, like, Holy exactly. shit, dude, this guy knows like his fucking S13. He knows his stuff. Yeah, he does know stuff. Yeah, but he only lives like you know twenty miles from here. Yeah, I've been to his. We stayed at his place a couple times. I forget oh, what fine. city he lives, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, Howell, I think, or Bright. Yes, yeah, no, Howell, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And so now, which one's next? Which uh, one's you, it's, it's your show. Well, let's do the hood. The right hood, here. the Matsui? Yeah, yeah it's, I heard it's gross, so let's just get it over with. Oh, why? why <laughs> it's we drink gross. Because I think, why did he have to get that hood? Uh, I don't know. I don't get to, uh, I don't fucking choose. Oh, this is because of the hood. The hood. <laughs> yeah. Why else would I do it? That's true. You you cost me a hundred dollars, Simba. I hope you know that. Wow, uh, and it's gross. That's what I'm, I hear. I'm, we'll I'm, I'm I'm using my JDM glass, my Mount Fuji glass for this. Okay. Dude, I want to go to Japan. Yeah, man, it's a fun time. What do you yeah. do when you go to Japan? Drift. Uh, yeah, it's everything. So I mean, I've been now, I think every year for like the last four or five years now. I think. Um, but like, so normally, sometimes I go is obviously for we have events. So, like, that's partially why I've gone. But, like, in the past, I went once with TF when I worked at TF, like, 15 oh, yeah, years ago or something. Awesome, right? Yeah, that was the first time I went there. But, like, 
now my most recent trips either usually we have an event that we're hosting somewhere so we do that but um when i'm usually there like i did a solo trip what like three years ago all i did was roam basically i was just kind of like i picked a couple hotels and whatnot and then i just kind of roamed the cities ate drank i actually ironically i typically try and find some sort of whiskey bar it's hard to find them because like they're kind of it's hard to find things in japanese obviously but like i did i remember finding one that was really cool just because like all of them they just had so many like cool whiskey bottles and shit and like the guy one bartender spoke english kind of the other one like didn't but it was like interesting it was just me and them because it was empty and we were just sitting there chilling and drinking but the ironic part is every whiskey bar that I went to, I always, I would always ask, what is your favorite whiskey? Unanimously, maybe like nine out of 10 would have said Jack Daniels. It's the culture. It speaks, it's, it's the culture of Jack Daniels, right? It's what it yeah. symbolizes. Yeah. But- the other part that I learned also, though, is when I went to, so like where I got this particular guys, maybe you can't see it, but there's like Mount Fuji at Ooh, the I bottom. Oh yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That is tight. Yeah. So this was, uh, I forget what, there's a, like a whiskey, uh, whiskey spot there, but like, so I went for a tour there and they were explaining that the casks that they use are from Jack Daniels. Most of a lot of Japanese whiskey is made in these space in like old Jack Daniels casks or yeah. like Kentucky or whatever. So that's, I think the other reason why they like this, cause it's familiar okay. in that sense, because of they, they're just old, they use all their old inventory, basically yeah. all their I old mean- stuff. So basically, like, there's, like, a supply chain to, like, whiskey making, right? And then because mm-hmm. of American, like, laws, like, American whiskey is typically made in new oak barrels. And so okay, that's yeah. why it's, like, a really expensive cost, right? If you think about it, you have to get in, you have to make a new barrel. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, American oak grows pretty quick. There's a lot of forests and, like, you know, whiskey wasn't very popular for a very long, for a long time. So, like, that wasn't a big deal. And then mm. there's like an economy where they can sell the used barrels now, right? So like either mm. rum makers or scotch makers or Japanese whiskey makers, right? Because then they'll okay. use it. And then they already get the natural effect of getting some of that bourbon or rye flavor imparted onto whatever they pour into it. Yeah. So like there's like a whole like supply chain and like it usually starts with American whiskey. Yeah, and I didn't know that until they were, like, explaining that to me. And I was just like, oh, because ironically, so that's another thing. If you do go to Japan, you should definitely check it out, uh, the tour. Like, the one that I went to, it's, like, most of them usually are full Japanese. But, like, they asked me out of them. And they're, like, if you read the reviews, the reviews are, like, sorry, it's all in Japanese. You just got to sit there and just listen. But, like, when I went, I got there and the lady's just like, oh, you're American? I was like, yeah. It's like, well, normally we do this in Japanese, but one of our like guides is trying to learn English. So she's going to be your tour guide and she's going to do it all in English because she wants to learn English. Right. And so like I got like one of the very few like full English like tours, which is dope. And it was just me and her. And like we were just like walking around and she was explaining everything. But then the funny part, she's like, your English is so much easier to understand. And I was just like, who else have you met? And she goes, I met some people from the South. And I was like, oh. That makes sense. <laughs> I understand why you can't understand people from the South. Because we, we got TV English. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're the, the Midwest side. And I explained that whole, like, Midwest English tour. And she's yeah. like, oh. Yeah. I mean, it's most like, people, yeah, was... yeah. most I noticed, like, most people can't grasp, like, the concept of, like, how big America is. And, like, like, yeah. Like, you have, like, regional accents. Yeah. Even though you have, like, a common uh, dialect or English or language. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at England. 
I, I England is crazy. I mean, yeah. you, could, <laughs> you could drive like an hour and a half out of London and you can't understand. Is this English yeah. stuff? Like, yeah, that's true. That yeah, that whole yeah. You you insane. you lived there, right? So like, let's get into that real quick because <laughs> I, I the only time I remember like I went to your parents' house though one time. I think it was for your graduation party or something. Where we, if we're in the backyard, yeah, that was yeah, my yeah, yeah. I remember that and like with like your entire family. That like, that was yeah. wild, and I that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, uh, like uh, let's get into that. Like how um, you're originally from Zimbabwe, right? Yeah, and so then you born. Moved to- yeah, so I was born in Zimbabwe, and my mom was a nurse. My dad was an accountant. My mom, like, you know, my parents, typical 80s immigrant thing, American dream, let's go to America, put the kids in school, that whole thing. So that was always their goal. So my mom was able to find a job in England as a nurse because, like, nurses were in such high demand across the whole world, right, like in the 80s and early 90s and whatnot. I mean, they still are. They'll always be. Yeah, exactly. So like she got a job in England where her sister was living there. So we, so myself and my mom moved to England when I was like two or three and my dad and my brother stayed in Zimbabwe because my dad still had his job and they were trying to figure out when he could move over or whatever. Then after about a year, they joined us after my dad found a job in England, but then my mom found a job in America. So (laughs) that was after maybe four years. So we lived in, yeah, exactly. We lived in England for two years. And then eventually we moved to America, like straight to Chicago when she got that job in Chicago. And yeah, she didn't spend much time in England. Yeah. No. Um, so she moved, she lived there up until trying to, like she lived there for a long time. She didn't move to America until maybe like five, maybe like six years ago. Oh, okay. She moved to the States. Okay. And then now she moved, she moved to North Carolina. My parents are in North Carolina now. So she oh, they moved are? too. Yeah, 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 they moved they there? like two years ago. Oh, okay. Texas. Yeah, moved for Texas. Sense. I mean, everyone's leaving Illinois <laughs> for that reason, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Because they, they basically, they paid off the house in Bolingbroke and they were like, well, goddamn, property taxes are a motherfucker. Yeah. So we're leaving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah. Then, so like, shit. Um, how did, <laughs> so this is like completely off topic. I always wanted to know like how your, you and your brother always knew about Nando's then. If you guys left England so early, because Nando's is the shit, dude, and I'm so glad they have it in America. That was, I mean, it's, but it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's like two years is more than enough time for you to discover Nando. <laughs> one month is all you need to discover. Not even I, one month. I don't. Yeah, to be like fair, the chicken place. Yeah, the yeah, chicken place. Yeah. To be fair, I don't know how long the chain has existed. Yeah. The Perry Perry Chicken, right? Place. It's so good. Yeah. I don't know how long yeah. it's existed, right? But apparently you discovered it in the 80s. I discovered it in the year 2000. And then it came to America oh, really? like five Jesus. years ago. Yeah. That's why I'm like, you, like, yeah, I was like, I, dude, how is your brother getting Nando sauce? You need to tell me the secrets. <laughs> yeah. So like, cause he used to go, he used to go back there. Like, he, so my brother lived, he moved back to England for like two or a year, maybe just to like go do some like work studies and whatever, blah, 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 blah. And like, so he would bring it back and he would travel there a lot. So he'd always bring it back, but we just always remembered it from then. The crazy part, which sucks the most, and like this, I guess, is a life lesson to everybody is don't wait. But like, so my parents, they've always kind of had semi-entrepreneurial, like kind of like things. And they were just like, you know, what would be great. We should open up a Nando's in America. Yeah. Like that would be great in Bolingbroke. That would be great in certain places, et cetera. And like, they were like, we were like on the fence about it. And we're like, oh, maybe we could do it as a family, blah, blah, blah. And we thought, and my brother was like, yeah, that would be great. But my brother was like in the middle of trying to do CPA stuff. 
So like that was like his focus. So we kind of waited and waited. And then, you know, a year or two later, Nando first Nando's pops up and they're like, shit. DC, right? And then another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The DC one popped up and then another then then they've started popping up in Chicago. And yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Crap. I got so excited when it happened. Yeah. We were I was excited and pissed at the same yeah. time because <laughs> we could have brought it over realistically, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, it is what it is. So if you got an idea. Dude, this chicken wait. is so good. I've remembered it from the age of 16. Mm-hmm. It's it's still better in England. Like it's great yes, here, yeah, to be honest. But like over there, it's just I don't know. It hits different. It does real different. Yeah. But it's not so bad. much better. You yeah. know, I, I I had Nando's for the first time like 2015 in America at Old Orchard or yeah, something. Yeah. No, at downtown. downtown. I was working okay. downtown. Yeah. Mm. And, up on michigan avenue and i was like "Ooh, this place looks new let's go check it out (laughs) (laughs) it's so good dude yeah it's uh, it's, it's quite good dude their sauces are at fucking meyer now oh Oh, yeah yeah. that's true yeah the one that's downtown off michigan avenue is next to uh, a murasaki sake lounge which has good japanese whiskey if you ever go by the way fy it's like literally two doors down I'll check it out if I'm ever in that part of town. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really good. They have food too. They actually have pretty good food. But it's a, it's a friend of mine's like, well, it's a friend of mine's friend's sake lounge. Okay, but cool. It's good. What's it so, called? Murasaki Sake Lounge. Oh, I used to go there yeah. all the time. Yeah, that place is great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> sorry, sorry. My my dad walked in. <laughs> I got distracted. But you're you're talking about one in uh, Streeterville, right? Yeah, 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 it's right there. Yeah, right, yeah, right yeah, off yeah. Michigan or whatever. But yeah, I I used to go there a lot with a bunch of coworkers when I was oh, in town. Uh, <laughs> I love that place. It's, yeah, dude, they it's awesome. Such overpriced bottles of whiskeys. Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. Whatever, you know. <laughs> so good. like, I'm lucky, and so one of my uh, an old coworker of mine like got into like all this like Japanese restaurant. He's a Japanese guy. Got into all this restaurant stuff, so he knows the owner. So anytime yeah. I do go, if I tell him, and then the owner like hooks it up with a bunch of random shit, but oh, like. Nice. Nice. Because yeah, it is a little bit on the pricey yeah, side, yeah. but you know, it's got a lot of. I I rarely paid for it, so. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> is it is it culture stuff or is it company company? Well, it was it was it wasn't necessarily culture stuff. Culture is my old old workplace. Uh, it's a Korean government agency, but uh, okay. no, it was uh, it was just a bunch of friends that mm. I met through that. You know, I guess they used to be clients, but they became friends. So they're like, hey, okay. let's go get some whiskey. Okay. That works. Yeah, that's a good spot. So highly suggest when you're in the area. All right, and so. things, actually, I think it's open, but, you know. Yeah, yeah let's try this right out. Now. So what do you, oh, it smells, it smells like scotch. It does not taste fantastic. I'll it say that. It smells like scotch, like PD scotch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a sip, and if I don't like it, I'm going to toss it. It's not. Like, PD scotch is fine. This, this smells like burning tires. It's got an odd taste. It just tastes I like, love Japanese. It, it tastes like Pete. I'm going to throw this out. I'll be right back. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> it's surprisingly not that bad. Yeah, let's it's take a bad. quick break. <laughs> I'm going to pause this uh, recording. All right, go for it. Recording. You guys keep talking. All right, that's fine. But there's a, there's one that I got from Costco. I think it goes by the name of Kura. And like it's more of a... It's Japanese, but it's like yeah. it's a. I forget what it is. It's not. It's not a. I think it might just be a Japanese Scotch. Yeah. yeah. But it also tastes like this, mm. but not as good. This so, one's a little better. I, I feel like a lot of the Japanese whiskeys that's coming out now, that mm-hmm. you know, like besides the well-known ones, you know, like Yamazaki, Hibiki yeah. and all that, right? Yeah. All these new ones are. It's like rice whiskey. 
yeah, yeah. So they, they, you know, like instead of like you know doing like single malt, like you know, like what Scotch actually, what, what Japanese whiskeys always tried to follow, which is single malt. Yeah. But now they just get into like rice whiskeys and stuff like that because yeah, you know, there was a whole shortage of Japanese whiskey for a while, right? I but, I think isn't there still? I, yeah, everything got hyped up, prices went up. Yeah, because when I, I was I, there, that was the like the main narrative. I was like, because I was, I literally on my solo trip, it was just one of those like, I'm I think I'm out of my group of friends. I'm generally one of the more nerdy, at least in terms of like wanting to try different whiskeys. Yeah, yeah. So like, I literally would just go around asking, and basically all of them would just be like, Japanese whiskey's really hard to find right oh, now. Yeah, like, yeah. good luck. Like, <laughs> I had an easier time finding it here. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, what what year did you go? Uh, was that last time? 2019 no 2018 was my solo trip okay 2019 i went as well but that was with a group trip yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah it, and that was the year i was in osaka in 2018 and uh, okay yeah I, w- I was trying to find the you know like whatever whiskey right because it's yeah. actually easy to find good like really random like bourbons yeah japanese people love bourbons mm-hmm. and, and but like I, I was on a mission to find Japanese whiskey, which I did. I, I, I don't even think I would try anymore. But back yeah. then, I, I still scored yeah. some. But when I went to Kyoto, they had one shop that had like Hibiki thirty, mm, like Yamazaki really? thirty. Really? And Ooh. but they were like, oh, we want four grand a bottle. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm sure you would. <laughs> Jesus! Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I did not do any of that, but like I mean, I the, I some that. of the cheap stuff is really good that I yeah. I've, I was able to find some, and like it's all gone now. And like it, what sucks is like what I was doing. I was usually buying enough bottles that would last me for a year because I mm. generally went every year. Yeah, but obviously I haven't gone I see, since, I so like I've got a very large void <laughs> of whiskey. So unfortunately, hopefully I go sometime this year. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. Yo, mm. so. We'll see. I wanted to actually ask ask uh, you, when is it that you actually started uh, drinking? And like, when did Melvin? Apparently, Melvin got you to start drinking. Get got you into whiskey. So, yeah. Shout out, shout out to Melvin. I mean, <laughs> when did that happen? I mean, that's a good question. So, like, obviously, when I was twenty one, I was forced to drink. Like every twenty one year old. Well, I guess every twenty one year old. You like to barely drink. drank then. Yeah, I didn't drink then. Not much. But then, when even I don't think I drank. Too, I drank a little bit before I moved in with him. So we moved in together in the house that I'm presently in, like maybe like six years ago, maybe yeah, six or seven years ago. But I, I kind of drank a little bit before that, mm-hmm. but not that much. And like partially because like nobody drank at my parents. I was living, you know, right. even at the gambler house, I didn't really drink much of the gambler. House. Oh, I know. That's what there. I'm saying. Yeah, you were there for that. But like, I think it was mostly once I started living with him is probably when I started drinking. So around six, seven years ago. Okay. So yeah, because it was it was Gambler House, and then I moved back to my parents for a little bit, and then eventually I moved in with Melvin. I want to actually um, talk about the Gambler House. Actually, I have some fond memories. That place. It was fun. Huh? What is this Gambler House? So we it was nicknamed the Gambler House because Uh him and uh, Eric Wartman. Uh-huh. Uh, they were a part of uh, Grip Gamblers, right? Uh-huh. Like the, one, yeah. the OG Chicago yeah, yeah, yeah. Drift team. So we they just nicknamed it the Gambler House. And there's like an entire like they had like an entire like living room, just full of fucking wheels. Uh-huh. It was like thirty. It was like a, it was a ten foot container, right? <laughs> yeah, so it was like thirty some odd wheels. Yeah. So like it it's was. Insane. It was so the house we found because it was 
so Crab's current wife at the time it was his girlfriend. That was her Pam. Her yeah, it was Pam's uncle's house. Yeah. Pam's uncle owned the house and was like they planned on eventually demolishing it so that they could build yeah. their big mega house. It, it was it's a more they had the, the two lots behind one like yeah. adjacent like behind each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it was in Park Ridge, so like ironically down the street from main east basically but so we were it was so that's partially why it also started as gambler because it was obviously crab that like hooked us up with it yeah, but it was me and true. wartman were the main two and then like the third one always kind of rotated yeah, yeah so there. it was like a it was chris and then um why am i for, forgetting it was tf welder why am i forgetting his fucking name steve <laughs> no, no no before steve uh he used to he's really good welder and used to help out when they were making the octopus car he was kind of a pain in the ass sometimes. Oh, I don't remember his name. It's mad dramatic sometimes. No, because I wasn't. Like, I wasn't around then. Remember, I was in school. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, Anthony, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. Yeah. Anthony, Jesus, Tony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tony, yeah, yeah Tony yeah. Delordo. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, so he was the other roommate. But like, so yeah, we lived there, and it was an old, old, you know. So we're in Parkeridge, obviously. So it's like an old town, but like a super old house. But it was like, if whenever it was built whoever owned it they were fucking balling because it was like old but like you could tell it was like really nice stuff like there was felt on the walls for no fucking reason like everything was like gold it was tacky but it was like nice tacky it was it was like if uh how would i describe it if donald trump (laughs) was a millionaire in the 1970s in park ridge that's what he would have built yeah pretty much like it wasn't big by any means or anything but like you know if he had a particular lot of land and he just had a lot of money and he was like fuck it i'm gonna build a house in chicago like boom so it was really nice but did so anyway it, so like gold toilets yeah yeah well not gold necessarily but like they were fancy there was like gold <laughs> specks in like a lot of random things it was really weird yeah but so like it was a three bedroom it was technically four bedroom but there was like this room that was off the garage that I honestly don't know what it's meant for. Maybe an office, I guess, potentially is what it was used for, but it was right out of the garage. And like, we didn't need, we didn't have a fourth room and we didn't need another fourth person. So we literally just loaded all of our wheels. So like me and Eric were into Chrome wheels and shit. So we would just load all our wheels in there and that's where they just stayed. So it was just like a room filled with wheels. And that was it. What happened to all those wheels? Um, I don't believe I own any of them. So, do you ever think about what the value would be today if you kept them all? Oh yeah, yeah. Some of them are definitely high. Like Jeez. two of them, I I kept for a pretty long time, but almost actually, there's two that I still own. Technically, I forgot the equips. The yes. equips are some of those were the first wheels that I ever got, and those are I still have them. I just rebuilt I had to them. I borrowed once. I remember that. Yeah, I just rebuilt them. Like literally, oh, nice. just got them back a couple of weeks ago. So it made them a little bit bigger, but yeah, um, yeah, those things are worth. And like that was so that was the ironic part. So obviously now everybody uses Jesse Streeter to get wheels, but when I got my wheels from Japan, I went through Fred, which like he knew somebody that worked at some company that did air freighting and or whatever, and so like he handled basically everything for me. So they were put on a pallet and air freighted, like yeah. No, we didn't you? Shipping. Didn't you have to do it with his brother on the it other was, side of Japan? 
Yeah, his brother was the one that took the wheels, and if they had tires, he would take them off and all that kind of stuff. So he did two shipments for us. So like, Fred's poor brother. Yeah, yeah, because he, you know, he lived in a real tiny house, and he had to collect it because he got some got some ten foot containers worth of wheels. Yeah, he got you know all sorts of stuff. So in a Japanese apartment, dude. Yeah, but he did it. Yeah, he took care of it. God damn. But yeah, so that's that's a big gambler house. That's the, that's the gambler house. And like, that was, it was a cool house because we were fairly young. And at the time, I think most of our friends still were living with their parents basically. Right. Like yeah. for the most part. So like, we were one of the only ones that had like a party house per se. Yeah. Cause so you, like, you were still like you and Eric are both actually pretty young. So you yeah. At the like time. What, 24 at the time, maybe at, not even like 22. <sighs> Eric might Eric was Eric's like a year older than me, so maybe like twenty two to twenty four in that range, I yeah. would think. Yeah, you guys so are like super young. Pretty young. Yeah. And like, yeah, but that was yeah, a lot of Chicago people have gone through in and out of that oh, house. There's a lot of stories and a lot of parties in that house. Yeah, That's a good time. Yeah, yeah. That and uh Lil Phil's parents, his dad's old yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. Middle Phil's parents was like the main, the other party house, because that was the nice one, right? Yeah. That was another techy millionaire like like house, the circle, right? like the circle layout, and like the, the pool, indoor pool, indoor pool. Dude, I fucking slide. broke my hip on that fucking slide. I feel like oh, I should Jesus. sue Mister Sukair. Go for it. Indoor, indoor. Yeah, that place was nice. Yeah, it was weird. It, it looked like a seventies porno set. Basically. Oh yeah, that's 100%. the best way to describe it. Yeah, his bedroom had mirrors. Circle in the, the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> mirrors on the ceiling. Yeah. So, like, to explain this house, it was basically a bunch of octagons maybe i don't know if they were octagons specifically but it was like there was a main circle in the center and then each little area had like a different section of like octagon shaped like one octagon was the pool another one was like the living room then this was like the family room the kitchen was its own octagon then there's like a basement where the garage is like it was so it was sort of really cool actually if you were you know in the 60s 70s kind of thing but yeah it's it, like, it was like a weird architecture, but it was like it was really unique. It's very distinct. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that was a Definitely fun place. A lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Anyways, did you dump your whiskey? Early? Oh yeah, I I couldn't drink it. Why? I'm, it was so gross, dude. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother. Hey it's not man, that bad. You, you you essentially left us for to finish mm-hmm. this off. Well, mm-hmm. I apologize for nothing. I'm gonna move on to the next one. Oh wait, wait, wait. Did I, did I forget something there? Yeah. Need a checklist. I really do. <laughs> Dude, I'm really bad at this, man. You don't wait. You this don't... is only number two, right? Yeah. You don't have a checklist. No, I texted <laughs> it to you. I texted it to you on Discord. You're supposed oh, to. You're the producer. Lord. I mean, keep me on track, Hoen. Hoen, this is on you. That's fine. Is this how this works? First off, that wasn't really a to-do list yeah. of any sort. This that was, was a just touch a point. gibberish. Exactly. Those are touch <laughs> He, he makes it sound like there was a broken down list. No, of things it's not. I, I'm no. way too busy to do that kind of stuff these days. It, it was literally just like, oh. <laughs> so here's another thing I wanted to ask. Um, how did you actually end up meeting um, Eric? To, like, was it just through like the Club of Bar or what? It was through Crab uh, specifically. Like, I, I don't show. think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like Eric didn't. Eric never really was a meet kind of guy. He never went to like the 240 yeah. meets because Crab is obviously like the mega nerd because he likes to actually work on cars. And then Jesse would usually go with him because they were, they kind of both like working on cars. Mm-hmm. Eric is kind of like me where like 
fuck working nine cars. I don't give a shit. I just want to drive. Right. Like that's Eric in a nutshell. And same with me. So like, I think I might have met him at one of the meets, but I think it was only because he only came, I think because they knew they were going to go street drifting. And because there was a period of time when Eric had his car and like when they all had their cars that Eric would basically almost live at crabs. Like he would go, he would go to crabs almost every day of the weekend, even some days during the week. And like, literally what they before i like generally met them they would just like sit in the basement watching option vhs tapes right yeah and like then they would wait until nighttime and they would go to places and go drift and like i think i i can't recall if i met eric at a meet or if i met eric in crab's basement it was one of the two okay but yeah and that's you know and we just kind of fucking went street drifting and just that's how I got to know him was you were just always because he lived up north. Yeah, and I Lord, lived in Lord Bolingbroke. Was by me. Yeah, by yeah. Wheeling. And I lived in yeah, I lived in Bolingbroke. Crab lived in Romeoville, and Jesse lived in Joliet. So we were all in the same area. But Eric was drifting and hang out in the basement, and that was it. That's, that's true. I wanna. I, I mean, I already told. Uh, I already talked to Crab and and Wartman, so they're gonna be on at some point. I gotta talk to Jesse. Crab's is gonna be about fourteen hours. Oh my god! It's gonna be about pinballs and fucking Z's and all this other <laughs> crazy shit. Who knows? Oh yeah, and, and Ferris, also, Ferris Bueller. He also remembers. He's got a very good memory. He remembers oh, yeah, everything. Yeah, it's encyclopedic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So he'll be definitely a good one. It'll be a long one. Yeah, you know, a very long one. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah. Either way, whatever. Let's uh move on. Yeah. Have you guys finished that that Mitsui? Because I did not like it at all. All right, all right. I can, I guess. It's not that finish. bad. No, if I'm not you, a Scotch guy. I'm not a peated guy. It, like, it, like it, I said, especially after coming from the Willet, it's just like I it's mean, just too it's, much contrast for me. Well, yeah, of course. But I, I would say this is like, you know, it's, it's a, it's like a Hakushu, but like knocked down, like few grades. Okay. Actually, yeah, no, I take that back. That, that's an insult too. I she was like way lighter, <laughs> in my opinion. It's it's not it's not I don't this. Think this is lighter. Really? Maybe my memory is just serving me incorrectly. It's been a while since I've had it because it's so hard to find these days. This True. just feels like, you know, the Jameson that we had last time. Yeah. Where the flavor was okay, but it felt really artificial. Yeah. This tastes very artificial, just to emulate like what Japanese version of Scotch is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah, it's not bad. It's not something I would pick up on a normal time, but it's not bad. Anyways, uh, I'm moving on to the Four Roses, and like the reason why I picked all these bottles are like right the the purple is the the Grip Gambler, right? Yeah. The, um, the Hakushu is the the hood, the Origin hood. Not mm-hmm. Hakushu. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, the the Matsui peated. Yeah. Because of the the Great Wave, right? Yeah. And then four roses. So, so technically I picked them in the right order. Yeah. You guys oh, are complaining about my order pick. I, I didn't, I didn't complain. Right Hoenn did. <laughs> technically speaking, I picked them in the right order without knowing that I picked them in yeah, the right order. Exactly. I, I still disagree. Okay. But either way, <laughs> well, I only say I disagree because one of you fucked up the perfect marketing opportunity for four roses by having five roses. And I blame oh. you because you're the only one that didn't come over from Risky Devil. Oh, <laughs> Hey, hey, I mean, it's not my fault. No, I don't, I'm not saying it's your fault, but I'm saying you're the one who fucked it up. Yeah. He's not saying it's your fault, but he's he's definitely blaming you for sure. Yeah, clearly, (laughs) yeah. 
you could just pick somebody to kick out. <laughs> pick the one to get get gets kicked uh, that gets yeah. kicked out. But I mean, like, I'm not gonna get into the story of uh, proceed and and grip gambler and all that because you know you already talked about that on um, Palmer's podcast, kind of. And if anyone wants to listen to it, listen to uh, the goodest cast. There you um, go. Keep it's good. About... It's a long. It's a long listen, but I yes. thought it was worthwhile. You can learn about my, my love for West Coast rap. <laughs> G-Funk? Mm-hmm. That's what you can learn about. And my love for R. Kelly. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> whatever. Dude, oh, God. Hate, hate if you want to hate. It's, it's a bit problematic, so I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> so um, let's get into, um, like, Final Bout and, like, how you and Ilya came up with uh, – is it just you and Ilya or – yeah, I mean, so it used to be at the beginning of it, the concept, it was myself, Ilya, and then both Phils, Philly Pop and Phil Lee. Okay. Or, well, same person. The, the, Phil that's Lee. the same Phil. Philly Pop and Phil Prescott, I should okay. say. So two, 2L and 3L. Yeah, 2L and 3L. But okay. yeah, um, it generally, so like, there's kind of like multiple facets to it, I guess. Like, obviously... Like, Cover Fire, everything, you know, we had our normal events, and we, like, at some point in time, like, you know, we started Club of Far when drifting was like new and like it was on the rise, right? Like everything was kind of going up in terms of that drift association and the West Coast was doing their thing. Then the East Coast was doing their thing with Club Loose. And then Club or then Texas started doing their things a little bit. And, you know, whatever drifting was doing its own thing. And then things started slowing down a little bit, like just because, I don't know, there just wasn't a lot because one problem is obviously like USA is far and like that was really the only place we were doing events at that point versus at the beginning we were doing tire rack and all this other stuff right right? and then so we started like losing out on events a little bit here and there sometimes we'd have to cancel because we weren't getting enough people because nobody wanted to drive to USA so then we started doing Automass I can't remember if Automass or Club of Our Jam first came I want to say we did Automass Automass first first, because I was still there in Chicago. Yeah, so we did Automass, and that was kind of like we were like, all right, yeah, things are kind of slowing down a little bit here. We need to like figure something out. And like TF also obviously wanted to like do something bigger. So we were able, and like we've always wanted to do something in Chicago or close to Chicago, right? But like financially, it was not an easy thing to do without. Because we did, we you know, all of our events were not for profit. We weren't doing anything. We didn't collect any money. We were breaking even on purpose, that type of thing. So like putting an event on Chicago requires capital, and like luckily TF was just like, yeah, obviously they had money, and they were like, fuck it, let's do it. So we did that, and like that helped start gaining new drifters. Like now, if you ask a lot of these younger kids, like maybe not the super young ones, but like the ones that are in their mid twenties, they'll probably say Automass is how they learned about drifting, right? So we did Automass and like people, then we started getting back to normal events, bigger events. And then like we started doing No Star Bash first, um, which was basically a combination of Drift Indie and Club Afar just like came together like to do like one big giant event. We did a couple of those, but eventually we kind of stopped doing that just because we didn't want to like work, you know, necessarily with them anymore, just in terms of they were doing their own thing and we were doing our own kind of thing. Yeah. Then we did Club of Fire Jam. And Club of Fire Jam was just something big we wanted to do. And like, we were like able to get. It was like the Mitsui or the event, right? Or not the yeah, Mitsui. Yeah. Mitsui, yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah and like, Mitsui is like, fuck me up. It's clearly. So yeah, we did that. And that we got the Hot Boys because like a lot of like 
what's uh like josh and chob were really good friends with like the hot boys guys because like eric zaputo and a couple other guys they were like good friends with them Mm -hmm. so we were like putting on this event where you know we got breaking to come by and like and then obviously we got hot boys to come by so we put on that event and that was kind of like one of our first bigger events i guess you could say where we got a bunch of people like we got you know people from canada to drive all the way to u.s airport right so then at that point so most of them are not bc but calgary they're all oh shit. that's far as fuck exactly right yeah. so like and like jack drove his his cressida yeah. you know or not Cressida, sorry not cressida his jzx 81 he had an actual jzx 81 he drove that all the way here the ship broke like halfway but he fixed <laughs> it and all that kind of shit and like the other two trailer like there was a jordan with his miata and then eric and his s13 so like they drove all the way out here so we're like oh shit that's cool. Like we got some people that wanted to come out and like in America at the time, people weren't really traveling aside from doing formula D or like a pro-am like for formula D. Yeah. People didn't really travel for events. You know, just did your regional events. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like at that time, you know, Ilya was like getting like deeper into drifting as well because like he, you know, obviously he was doing IND at the time and he had his FC and he was really into it. And like, Ilya has like a very good like business mindset in terms of things. And like he also was starting to see obviously when we were, you know, Club of Fire had been struggling a couple of years before and like drifting was kind of starting to go too deep into Formula D. But like Chicago was very, or the Midwest was very heavy on teams. Like we had Grip Gambler, there's Risky Devil, Hot Boys were coming, Breaking was coming. There's all these teams and we were just like, something that Ilya was just like well you know like obviously what got him into drifting was like the team aspect right with risky devil and all that kind of stuff and so you know he kind of came up to us with like ideas and kind of were just like we should do a big team event because that's what we think drifting is right team and style so like we i think we all met at one point well actually i think Ilya and i met at first and we're just like wonder if we can put a team event so we like literally wrote down every team name that we could think of in the u.s that we generally knew based on social media at the time and i think i still have that list somewhere somewhere sitting around somewhere but like we just wrote down a bunch of names and like kind of put that together and then like like that day we just started calling people we're just like hey we're thinking of doing this we're going to do this event we've heard your team like there was there's a lot of people we didn't know right like we're just like we found their numbers or whatever if we didn't didn't know them asked for phone numbers blah 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 and right. just everyone was just like that sounds really cool so like we had a bunch of people that were like yeah yeah we can make it so okay. like we got a bunch of people from cali florida texas all that stuff right yeah and then we just put on the event yeah man like when i when i saw like that you guys were putting on that event being a fucking thing no dude like when i saw that you guys are putting on that event and like at us air i was like holy shit this is really happening and then when it, i'm like no this is not happening like everyone's yeah. like, back out last minute <laughs> And then when, after I saw the pictures and it was yeah. real, I was like, holy shit, it actually happened. Yeah. And then, like, I you mean, guys started like, going to, like, yeah. events, doing it everywhere else. I was, like, super impressed. Yeah, like, it was just one of those, like, you know, we just called everybody and just, like, listen, like, we all, like, generally speaking, have a similar idea of what we think drifting is. And Formula D, like, if you looked up drifting in America at the time, it was Formula D, right? And, like, Formula D at furious. the time kept getting what year i i can't recall when tokyo drift came out in this whole timeline to be honest oh, i'm gonna like, google this i don't know at what point i just remember watching yeah, it in the streets I, with you warman and john ems 
Uh, yeah, and I mean, like, I definitely remember watching it, but I can't Is remember like at what point. 2006? I'm, I'm, I'm Googling it. It, could, it had to have been newer than 2006 or seven, right? I think. 2006. 2006. 2006, really? So it came out way early. Yeah. So yeah, that was like... It was like the wait, summer. Wait. It was like wait, the was that summer. Was that Furious or was that Tokyo Drift? Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift. Wow. Okay. Tokyo Drift yeah. came out the summer. You guys, I'm like, you guys had like uh, both painted your cars purple. Like the summer I met you guys. Okay. Yeah. So that's like, what I'm saying. We all saw it at streets together. Then like it didn't really, it didn't really affect Chicago that much, to be honest. Because no, because we had already gotten it. We already knew about it before it. Tokyo Drift. Yeah, well, I would you would think with that movie that we would have like gained more popularity and drifting, I guess. But it really didn't yeah. do anything. Like it didn't. It didn't well, because really everyone was like, much, "Where the fuck is honest. Paul Walker and Vin Diesel?" That's what everyone was thinking. Yeah, 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 pretty much. But yeah, so like, yeah, but like for us, we're like, dude, like, like Tosh is in the fucking movie, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like a different. Yeah, we had a different. We had a different uh, connection to the movie than. The average public because we knew people like in the true. movie yeah true yeah and we knew like i knew benson was or not benson but nadine was like one of the stunt drivers exactly. and shit like that right like it's a different it's a different yeah. connection yeah but was there a lot of drifting in tokyo drift yeah that was the best driving movie like in terms I mean, of I, driving I, oh well I, I the past like, five was pretty like, dope the, too the, with the, the bank the vault theme of drifting i feel like even though it was named tokyo drift there so, wasn't really much drifting, it was, was there? There was, but there wasn't. It's it's it was Hollywood, right? Like so, yeah. you know, Hollywood. Like I'm sure if I ask a fucking cheerleader how realistic is Bring It On, they'd be like, "Fuck, yeah. that's way off," right? Like I'm sure if I ask some like a, a marine and name any countless fucking like marine movie, oh, is this what it's like? It's like no, what the like what? Exactly, it's the same thing, right? Like yeah. drifting was in the title, but like it was Hollywood drifting, so like there really wasn't that there was a little bit like the driving what was they were doing though. was drifting yeah. yeah but like realistically 90 percent of car movies have drifting in them because it's more exciting to watch a car go sideways through an intersection than it is to watch them just drive straight through an intersection right like so it was just, it was no different than like a any car movie it was right. just I, I guess i guess for me tokyo drift you know, like, yeah, it had scenes of drift, drifting, you know, like, into the whole, you know, like, this intersection thing and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just, like, it wasn't more... It wasn't realistic. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't any, like, structured drifting by any means. No, like, the whole just, parking like, lot thing is, like, that's not a thing. Like, I just didn't understand why they were racing will be a thing. by drifting. Like, that's, like, the slowest way to do it. Yeah, it just made yeah. Sense. Like, they were yeah, drifting. Yeah. They were racing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What yeah, is yeah, it, guys? Yeah. Like, yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, like I mean, it made no was sense. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, <laughs> clearly, like, I mean, I don't speak Japanese, but I understand Japanese a little bit. But when you read the subtitles versus what he's actually saying, oh, he's, is it completely oh, different? Oh, it's completely different. <laughs> like, complete. Like, they say something like he just says that's bad drifting, but realistically, he's saying some like he's saying a much longer statement that has nothing to do with like that type of thing. It's I think Hollywood, he, so they're not going to put nuance in the like, translation. Yeah, yeah, it says something like that is a that was a terrible entry or something like that. But then it just says that wasn't good. It's just like no, yeah, yeah, and like yeah. you know, like my watching of option videos, I like know what yeah. some terms are, but like I was like that's not right. But anyways, but yeah, it's like, like if you know if you watch enough uh, guess, anime, you understand like like baka means stupid, right? Like, yeah, it's just like one of those things. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and like you clearly know what he said is not anywhere near what right. he said. But yeah, it's interesting that uh. 
Tokyo Drift didn't affect. So the the only the, to be honest, the one thing that did affect drifting more sad. This is sad. Is uh, Ken Block? Ken Block is uh, what Jim Kana introduced the world to drifting. That's true, Even man. You got like twenty something million hard. views, right, per per video yeah. or some shit. That's a lot of eyeballs. Yeah, from like an event an event perspective, from whenever if I ever had to approach a track that doesn't know anything about drifting at the time, like now everybody generally knows, especially tracks. But like back then, I remember we were like going yeah. to new venues. They would always they would always be like, oh, you mean like Ken Block? And it's like, yeah, I guess, sure, all right, I guess that. Makes yeah, but sense. to but be fair, like, before that, it was just exactly like the guy in in Tokyo Drift. Drift was yeah. drift. Exactly, yeah, but like most people that own racetracks are too old to ever watch Tokyo Drift, yeah. so they never watch it. But Ken Block is like a YouTube video that somebody was just like, yo, check this out. Like and they would watch it, right? Like it's ten minutes of on YouTube and you would watch it. So like that's why it was probably that's probably the biggest drifting video, unfortunately. If you right. for the masses, I should say. Yeah, that's true. But, but anyways, let's yeah, uh, get onto this four roses, man. Let's like wrap this shit up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cheers. Cheers. This I have rose. a crown. I'm using a crown royal glass, which is odd, but that's nice. all right. I mean, hey, wait, this is, is this the regular Four Roses? or Just the regular different? bottom bitch Four Roses. All right, all right. I'm just making sure, just making sure. It, it, it tastes like Four Roses flavored water. I was going to say, yeah, it's watery Four Roses <laughs> to me. After drinking the good stuff, it just tastes so watery. But it's good. Is the good stuff that much better? Like, once it's, like, concentrated, like, because this tastes kind of watered down. It's 80 proof, you know? Mm. Did you finish off the Woolet symbol? Uh, no, I still have a little bit left. I'm, I left some for my future taste. Yeah, you can also just like compare them back and forth, definitely, like, definitely like the will it between the four roses. Yeah. After this, mm, yeah. okay, yeah. But the, yeah, the, the, the four roses that I was best. talking about with Phil and Helen last time, like whenever yeah. we go out to that club of about this year, I think in October or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have it. Yeah, that'll work. But, yeah, for that, I gotta we gotta make sure Rob comes out for that because he said he wanted to see his dad anyways, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he pops out every. He comes over like for like quick trips sometimes to see his dad, and then he kind of disappears. But yeah, but yeah. Hopefully he'll. Uh, he'll hopefully they tie it right with COVID. Sure. Everything you never know. I mean, it depends who you listen to, right? Like some things, obviously, yeah. supposedly we'll have all of our. You know, everyone will have the chance to get a vaccine by May June. My birthday is in June, so if I can get a vaccine by June, I'd be a happier camper. But well. We'll see. I mean, I think like realistically, their target is um, by late summer, so the kids can go back to school. Like that. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. like the focus really so, should we'll, be built we'll around. Yeah. I mean, I'm also going to Hawaii yeah. over Christmas, so I'll see Robin in December, anyways. So I'm not oh, worried about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I personally think the vaccine should revolve around me. <laughs> I'm going to Korea. I think I'm going to go to Korea in May. Do you still have to quarantine just... for two weeks? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, for doing that. I, maybe I could argue that if I have the vaccine, be like, "Yo, listen, look, look at the look yeah. at the vaccine card." I'm actually very curious about that because I know all the like things that they're doing right, but like I'm curious if if they will take a vaccine card for international travel. I'm very maybe. curious about that because as of right now, it's like what's what's Korea's present vaccine situation? Are they like rolling it out? Or are they just like they not? Just they don't started. care. They just okay. started like this week. Okay, so they're. So Japan is similar to Japan's pretty late, hmm. which like every time I speak to somebody about Japan, like 
their optimism and same with Canada too. Their optimism for like this is like don't come here for another year. Like just stay the fuck away, right? Like, but that's and be, and that's because like yeah, what the fuck. Nice. That's my cat. And that's probably because obviously the vaccines are a little bit like later, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they'll take a vaccine card. Korea has a very strict rules in place right now. So like, yeah, I heard about that, which works. Yeah. Which makes sense. You know, so like, I think off the bat, you have to quarantine for two weeks at a designated air, you know, like place or whatnot. And afterwards, it's of your choice, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it depends on the situation, but like they make you download an app. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you leave the boundaries of that quarantine, they will, they will find you and, kick you out of the country that makes sense. Like they, they're they're pretty yeah. uh yeah i get works well so like i guess then here's the problem right like the vaccine doesn't mean you can't carry it technically right, 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 right. it just means you won't get sick so technically speaking the vaccine doesn't mean shit yeah, yeah, yeah. so I they're mean, just kind of like yeah. well okay so i think yeah even if unless if they're all vaccinated yeah I guess that's the only time that they're going to start allowing people in without quarantine is if they're all, if they're all vaccinated and they're like, I don't care what the fuck you guys do. They'll be like, Oh, you're vaccinated. Oh, here's the 14 days quarantine. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, logically I would assume that's what's going to occur. Yeah. Which, I don't think we yeah, said it for the show, sense. but Simba, I know in conversation and Ho and you in conversation, we, we all talked about like your, like our COVID story and like how like it just came into like our consciousness. When was like the first time you heard of COVID, Simba, or like when it first came like like uh, apparent to you, like this could be an issue? Um, that wait, the first time I heard it, or the first time that I thought it could be an issue? Both, both, <laughs> the first time I heard it, I didn't think it was going to be an issue. Yeah, both. The first time I heard it was like, I think the first time I heard it was like early January. Like I heard about a virus that was happening, you know, over in China, and I was like, "All right, that's you know, whatever. Hopefully, it's all good." The first time it started becoming an issue was I went to well, not just myself, but we went to Whistler to go snowboarding in February, and I recall, like at the time, you know, America was still like, "Yeah, there's no cases in America. There's no cases in Canada. Don't worry about it." But like. It started becoming an issue because one of the people that went with us was super paranoid about it. They were just like, should we be wearing masks on the plane? Should we, you know, all this kind of shit? And we're like, nah, you don't have to do any of that shit. We should be good. There's no cases here, right? And then, like, when it started coming, like, maybe about a week before the flight, we started getting texts from you, the United or whatever the airline, right? Have you been to China? Have you, like, you can't have been to China. If you've been to China, don't come on this flight. Like, all this, do you know anybody that's been from China? Have you, you know, like, all this shit. And I was just like, damn, you're really sending a lot of text messages for this shit. And we're just like, hmm. And then, like, I remember one of the people that was with us, they got sick, like, during our trip. And they were just like, shit. And, like, <laughs> like, I was like, uh-oh. Like, they got, like, you know, they were, like, coughing or whatever. Like, nothing, like, bad. But, like, it was on our way out and we we're like, uh Oh, it's like, are people going to be looking at us funny? And there was like a very small, like Vancouver has a lot of Asians, a lot of people from China, all that kind of stuff. Right. So there was a pretty large sum of people that were wearing masks in Vancouver. Yeah. And we're just like, huh, should we be wearing masks? Yeah. Like, what's <laughs> what's going on here? Like, <laughs> and then eventually, you know, got back and like still at the time, everything was fine. And then like, then finally at whatever was it, was it the Pacific Northwest, Seattle, or something? Yeah, Seattle. The first case? Seattle. Yep. Or somewhere in that area. Yeah, Seattle. Or? I can't remember. That that that's where it got yeah. issue. 
but but Chicago actually because I remember the yeah, I remember the hospital and like all that and like I think one of my friends was at that hospital or, or mm. worked at the hospital. But like even then, like I went to Texas on March first, like literally would have gotten back from Texas like today, last mm. year, and like even with that, even at that point, it was kind of like yeah, you don't have to wear masks, you're good, blah blah blah, everything is kind of fine. You know, we we're all good and everything was fine. Then when then we went to California on March 15th or the weekend of March 15th, like around St. Patty's Day weekend. And like even then it was still like on my way. I was like, nah, it's just COVID. Like it's it's not there's only a couple cases. You're fine. And then like every day it got worse yeah. and worse and worse. And then finally, the day before the event, like it was an all out shit show. Like all the water was gone. All the toilet paper was gone. Everything was fucked. And like I was just like, shit. And then we had to decide what we did for final about it. And we had to like get rid of all spectators and refund all of our tickets and all that kind of shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's that was crazy. crazy. Yes. Like, that's yeah. insane, dude. But that's, that's probably when it got the most real is literally like while I was in California, like trying to host an event and it was just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's getting worse. Yeah, and then, yeah, got back home after that trip. And my work was just like, come get all your stuff and stay home. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. This is a crazy Man, I've York. been home since. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't left my house. <laughs> I have not left my house since the day that it was announced Rudy Gobert had contracted coronavirus. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. That was the big thing. Yeah, yeah the whole, uh, 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 that's he uh, it was a basketball player that like was fucking around and like saying it was at the time when nobody was taking COVID serious. So I think he was in a he started like touching microphones, like playing around, playing jokes and shit. And then like a two days later, I have contracted COVID. He was so the first sorry. case in the NBA. Yeah. And he yeah. shut down the NBA. And then that was the first domino yeah. that fell to shut down the entire world. Literally. Yeah. Because he wanted to play games. Yeah. Oh, that fucking guy. <laughs> that was all a joke. <laughs> I mean, we all not. I never I thought of it serious, as a joke. But, I never yeah. joked like that. But no, well, no, he, actually, he, he, actually, no, to... I lied. We did take it as a joke because so the special stage West, the in California, that event, we oh, this wasn't fully because so we were trying to find water. Right. So because we have to get water for our staff, blah, 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 couldn't find it, went to Costco, blah, blah, blah. And then it was just like, fuck it. You know what I can find? I can find Coronas. There's plenty of Coronas in fucking Costco. <laughs> so we bought Coronas for all the attendants that were at the event. And like, that was the end of the event thing that we're just like, well, that's like, a, that's in COVID, good nature. You know, like, that's fine. Like, it's harmless. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it was one of those just like, since Corona took away our event from being normal, we're giving you guys all Coronas. Like, here yeah. you go. Here so you go. Everybody got a Corona. And here's yeah. the thing I don't understand about Latin. white, dude, here's the thing I don't understand about white people. Everyone fucking panicked bought toilet paper. If you were Asian, you'd just been smart and be like, we have a fucking bidet. We don't need this shit. Yeah, that's true. I yeah, have a shower yeah. in my house. I have modern plumbing. Yeah. What the fuck is this panic over for? That's, that's Why very people are true. so crazy, yeah, the dude? Was insane. The panic, like, Jesus, so bad. Earl, do you have bidet at your place? No, but I also never ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I wish I had a bidet. I want a bidet. I'm getting no, but I remember in in the new house, I'm getting all the heated bidets. Every single bathroom heated bidet. You could just get one right now. Just the seat. Just Just get the seat. No, but then I can you. I don't have the outlet to like like heat up the like the seat heater and like the water heater. 
That's why I want to wait till I move into wait, the new place. Skip it. In your bathroom? Not, so like, no, right actually, mine is very similar. Yeah, mine is the same situation because I was going to also do this exact same thing. Yeah, you have to plug the wire all the, the outlet. That, that's what we did, actually. Yeah, yeah, my, just... You know how far my outlet is all the way on yeah, the other side of the yo, bathroom. Man. Exactly. Just e- extension cord. No, oh, it's ugly. Lord, like... <laughs> We, we, it's so bad. We got extension cord and we routed the wire along the mirror. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> American houses are we not made meant sure the <laughs> extension cord was white. American houses are just yeah, not, not set up That's for this. Like, yeah, because I was so upset. I was like, every year I go to Japan, you know, you use them. And I'm just oh, like, damn, I should really get one of these. Yep. And then I came to this room and I was like, fuck, I can't. The light, the power switch is all the way over there. Yep. Or you have to like route it like along the wall above the ceiling and all the way back, you know what I mean? So like, like it's just him. Not, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just 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 put a hole on your sink because typically the outlet's right next to the sink, so just put a little downward hole. But my sink is it. across from the oh toilet. Oh my goodness! Which is why I'm saying I have to route it all Same the way over. <laughs> yeah. Well then. <laughs> you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, mine is yeah. <laughs> Like my bathroom is fairly, my bathroom is fairly big, yeah. and like yeah, like the sink is like a good like eight feet away from the toilet, like yeah. if not just, more. Just make sure you route the extension cord through the shower. Just, just make sure. <laughs> yeah, all right, there we go. That works. That works. That'll keep yeah. me warm. That'll yeah. really keep me warm. Anyways, let's uh, review That's this bad. four roses, shall we? What's oh, there yeah. to review? I give me the, the, the tasting notes first of all. It's delicious to me. I like Four Roses. I like it. It's it's great. I think this is like a great I base for Rose. any bourbon-based cocktail. True. True, true, true. Yeah. And it's super Not cheap. Expensive. It's like, it's it like 18 bucks. like a cocktail. Yeah. Yeah. I like Four Roses. It's really, yeah. I mean, like, because most, most people think whiskeys just burn, right? Like, yeah. but this one is pretty easy to get into. Oh, yeah. Just drink. This is like the entry level, but if you really want to just, like, sip on whiskey or sip on a Four Roses, I, I recommend the small batch or the single barrel. Mm. The small batch select is like uh, something that small batch select is what I would use as like a, a base for like a really good cocktail because like it holds up really, really? well because it's like mm-hmm. it's 104 proof so it's a bit stronger so it holds up really well in a cocktail when you when you start diluting it. Uh, okay, yeah. hmm. I'll have to try it if I can find it. Yeah, so four roses I get like like a, like some oak like that wood smell. Um, it, it's a very like quintessential mm, like bourbon. bourbon yeah profile yeah and in, in like it's a little bit light and thin you can tell um because it's like their yellow label of 80 proof it's just like the well stuff what would you rather have this or evan williams not not the bottle and bond just regular i i to be honest i don't i haven't drank much of the black label so i i would have to say four roses by default it tastes like watered down bottle and bond the white label <laughs> then i'd have to try them side by side this is like more it feels because it's obsv right it's a bit higher it, rye content yeah so is that the standard just yeah the standard black yeah OBSV. obsv is their recipe I see, I see i didn't know that so it's it's a bit higher rye so it's a little bit spicier than like the evan williams it's just a different kind of flavor mm. so that's just my opinion but like that's just like getting to like the whiskey like nerd like weeds <laughs> Yeah, when I just shove my nose in it and it doesn't burn my, you know, senses, I know it's not a strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Simba, were your your uh, Zimbabwean parents as strict yeah. about getting grades as uh, my Korean parents? 
Um, so the thing is, I was a fairly good kid yeah. in terms of grades without being pressured up into the suburbs. Ironically. So, like, everybody always talks about CPS is, like, bullshit, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Like, <laughs> it was fine. I I read. I loved to read as a kid. I did actually pretty good in school. And I was never pressured for any of that stuff. And, like, it was all, like, my parents didn't have to, like, say, oh, you're we'll buy you this if you do this. Like, none of that, like, happened. So I did pretty well in school for the most part. When I got to the suburbs, I started kind of slacking off a little bit but like you can get way more trouble in the suburbs than you can i learned how to like not yeah i mean yeah because like in the city it was just like i couldn't really go anywhere like i could play like on my block and that was it like you didn't you couldn't really like travel very far because you knew like bad shit happened two blocks away like that type of thing versus like in the suburbs fucking hop on a bike and i rode from morton grove to old orchard just for the fuck of it right like so i spent more time doing that type of shit like yeah but like, yeah, when I got older, it's probably the grades never really like slipped, but like I definitely tried less. But it was also easier in the suburbs. I don't know. Gotcha. It was it was kind of easy to like put in like sixty percent effort and get ninety percent for a grade. Well, to be fair, like kind of most kind of well, thing. No, I mean I don't know about at Main Main East, but like Stevenson was pretty competitive. So like. You could get straight A's and still be on the bottom half of your class. Yeah, that that sounds a little extreme. Yeah, yeah. No, because if you're like an all like remedial, you're like you're. <laughs> I know, I know that I was just just right at like fiftieth percentile at Stevenson. Yeah, yeah. And I had average. My GPA was like three point two, three point one. Okay. So, so, so you, either way, pretty pretty much much what a B average, a B average is the average. <laughs> Which is insane because like, what's yeah. the point of a curve? True. If the B is the curve. Yeah. Like why do you like, have that's a probably C? why maybe it was easier to explain? Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of why maybe it was easier to explain to like my parents. Because yeah, I think I was like 3.2, three point two, three like there was like maybe one semester where I overachieved in my junior year. I think yeah. I got like three point nine or some shit. I don't know what the fuck happened then, but then everything fell apart the other year. <laughs> Dude, there was one but semester I graduated, or one semester I got but, like a yeah. 1.9. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I had a 1.9 is because like I was in honors classes, so it weighted up. <laughs> oh my god. I mean you go to school. Also, you uh sophomore year I kind of skipped half. You of didn't it. really go to school. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like high school was I knew high school was a fucking joke. So I didn't. I treated. I, it. I know okay. this because I've okay, seen them do it. That's the only way to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like in college, like in engineering, right? I graduated with like a three, two, or Look, whatever. All, right? all I know is that. Jesus. All, all I know is that at Earl's wedding, I I I I, I had to say something as one of the best men, mm-hmm. best best man, and uh, what I said was I didn't think earl would survive out of high school <laughs> literally like alive breathing <laughs> it's true things could have taken a very different oh path in life right? yeah, it's true most people that yeah. meet me nowadays uh, think like it was very quiet. odd standing there yeah well, i mean most people that meet me nowadays like because i'm pretty quiet like and i'm, I'm like a dad yeah. they think i'm like some kind of way but they don't realize like in high school like you know like i could have ended up you know in jail and dead right 
you, you were definitely one angry kid. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm still an angry uh, dude, right? But like, at least yeah. I know how to be productive with my time. And that anger. Sometimes. Yeah, that sure. works. <laughs> Sometimes. That works. Yeah. Anyways. Um, Simba, I think we've gone well over time. I told you we'd be done by 1030. It's 1040 in my time. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I have, yeah. I, I have one quick question. Specifically. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. I, I know this what's sounds up? ridiculous to ask after all the whole conversation that we just had. Um, I, I guess what makes drifting drifting? Because I'm quite confused in this. Is like, what's the diff? What's the difference between drifting and let's say like power sliding versus like just general oversteer versus like you know like is, is, is there a factor that makes drifting drifting rather not than not? Um, it's yes. There's kind of like two parts to it. So like. From a on paper technical standpoint, like in comparison to like drifting versus, you know, power sliding, I guess, is it's not just about driving in and like as Bow Wow would say or Shad Ma, however, whatever you want to call them, um, <laughs> powering over, right? Like that's just, that's just like doing a thing. But like drifting, there's a different type of initiation. There's several ways to initiate, right? Like you can either like throw the car in and like just, get the rear weight to just swing out right. or you can do it various different like from a technical standpoint like that side's different and then there's the transition like powering over is easy anybody can do it you just floor it and it'll do it but like what do you do when you get to the next corner you gotta like flip it around and switch it right mm -hmm. like so that's that part of it but the other part and that's probably more the part that final bot for example trying to stresses on is like it's it's kind of a culture, right, in the sense of, like, you know, whether it's the team aspect of just, like, or just, like, being, you know, like, the, the camaraderie side of things and, like, the style side of things. You know, it's supposed to be, to me, it's a spectator sport. It's supposed to be something interesting and something cool to look at, like, not just, like, it shouldn't be, you know, numbers. It's not a numbers game. It's not a technical aspect it's not something that should be measured on a computer it's like if you're watching it and if you're like jaws not dropping and saying oh shit that's dope that's not drifting basically even though you might be doing it from a technical aspect right so what yeah. so that's the other side of it and that's what, more personal that's more of a like a philosophical debate like what do you believe is drifting right like because in reality drifting is yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. you yeah, that's why you, i kind of broke it into like two things yeah it's it's basically it's car control right you car you initiate the car to oversteer and you control that through the corner mm -hmm. or through the series of corners that's what drifting is on a technical level yeah but like what simba talking about the second part is more of a philosophy yeah. like what because like drifting started uh, a certain way in japan and that's what we fell in love with mm -hmm. and that's kind of what i think final bot wants to carry the torch with right I see. So mm -hmm. yeah. it's like, it's like speed skates versus like figure skates, where there's like nuances and art form to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true in a sense. Because yeah, like figure skating as a, like a competition is more, you know, the fucking outfits are a thing, right? Like like that's part of it. And there's like, like style points, and there's like yeah, art and exactly. Yeah. Still. Yeah, the music that's on makes a difference, and all that type of shit, right? Like it, it like you can't just fucking put computer chips in the damn in the shoes and be like, okay, 
whatever the shoes are doing, that's what we need to do, right? Like, there's so much more to it. So that's what, like, Formula D or professional drifting is like. It's more like speed skating where it's like, like, you have to, it's almost, it's not timed per se, but, like, there's an objective goal and there's an objective, like, measurement, right? And that's not necessarily, like, what we fell in love with with drifting in the first place. Yeah. What what made you fall fall in love with drifting? It's just fucking Um, cool, man. That's my opinion. For me, it was like... I mean, curling's yeah. cool. It was, I mean, it That's was why I love like, it every it four years. Those, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things that, like, so it started for me, like, when, like, literally, like, the old the story I was talking about earlier, when Crab and Jesse took me to the spot and just, like, told me to do it. And I just did it. And, like, just, it was, like, a giggling moment of just, like, oh, shit, this is fun, right? But then on top of that, like, it was a combination of doing that and then going back to Crab's house and then like watching option videos watching all these guys in japan like figure it out and do their own thing and showing their style and like that's the other part that made me fall in love with it just like because at the time we didn't know it but we were a team and we were like going towards that and that's how grip gambler started but like we were just like friends hanging out and that's kind of like how most of what we saw in the option videos was they were just friends hanging out and they just fell in love with it just that's honestly how risky devil started too man yeah exactly I mean, to be honest, I think hanging out and you're like, yeah, I mean, I think before like I got in there and if I remember this correctly, because I got a really bad memory before I stepped in and corrected, like what was going on, the name that was getting thrown around was risk the devil. And I'm like, no, that's just way too fucking long. Just make it risky devil. And just like, just make it short. <laughs> kind of like the Facebook just went to Facebook. I was like, you guys, it's three yeah. words. It's not it, like if you put it into a URL, it doesn't make sense. Just make it risky devil. And that's just kind of how the name kind of came about. Yeah, we just like yeah. put his stuff in like we're thinking like what is like a goofy english like team name that we could think of that shows that we're like like um about the streets and then you know like kind of like we just don't give a fuck right so like we just kind of just randomly mm-hmm. came up with that kind of shit because it's just kids having fun yeah. right yeah. how did grip gambler come about the, the name the name yeah uh crab it's basically crab like i mean i gotta have crab on the show in a sense you could take it yeah you can take it literally i guess right like we do gamble with grit and like it was just kind of yeah it was it's it's that's all we're doing right like that's yeah. that's the pure definition of drifting is you're gambling with grit because like the other part of it right like in like the thing about drifting is most people assume that your goal is to get less grip but the goal realistically is you got to get a lot of grip because the more grip you have the more control you have so like you're literally gambling with it you're like pushing yourself to the full limitation of the car of your grip levels so you're like you're gambling with it so that's kind of where we that's what happened with the fd uh at at grid life man like because it's changing conditions right like when we exited that corner when we spun i was like exiting the corner at 90 miles an hour and i hit like just like this tiny damp patch and the car just like just, the yeah. just came out. And, and it was like a crested turn. Yeah, it's so off camber like, on the crest. That like, was yeah. lifted up. Yeah. yeah. It's, so like all the weight is like off. That that right. off. Yeah. So it's like the worst yeah, possible a, place. Yeah, that was a sketchy little area. Yeah. It definitely. I Did mean, you it, lift through that? No, turn? I stay. I stay flat. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I stay flat. Yeah, I, I try to correct, but I'm like, all right. I ran out of lock, and the steering just got real heavy. So I'm like, there's no way I can correct it now. So it's just like, fuck it. I'm in for a ride. Yeah. And, and as soon as we hit that grass, that was like being it's over. It's because it's wet. Yeah. There, so there like, was no stopping. And yeah. 90 miles an hour. It's wet and it's do? like in such a weird marsh. Yeah. yeah. And that's why like when we first, the first time we did drifting there, like I went there 
because Chris was just Chris from Grid Life. He was the one who was like, hey, man, we're going to do this drifting thing, blah, blah, blah. So, like, we went up there to go test drifting. He was just like, can you go see if you can drift a, a ginger mint? So we did it, blah, blah, blah. And we went out there to test. It was like me and Josh, basically. But, like, the one thing that they told us are just like, listen, if you guys go off on this particular area, we're not coming to get you until the end of the day. So you need to either <laughs> I, I suggest you just don't drift it, but that's up to you guys. But if you go off, you're there until the end of the day because we don't have the time for this shit. Yeah. So, so I mean, what are you going to do, right? We told people not to. Yeah, I mean, I it's a marsh. Either way, either way, like I made out ahead. It's it, it turned out fine, like financially. So like, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And then it's, and we it's actually got hard. towed out right away. Yeah. yeah. Instead of being there all day. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. That's and nice. I have it on video. I'll post it. I'll post it later. I have a GoPro footage I of it. I think I vaguely. I think I've nice. seen. I think you. Yeah. I think I, think I posted it once, but I'll post it. Yeah. 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 yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Definitely want to see that. Um, I think. I think that's all I wanted to get to. Um, you, uh, before we end, I, I got to say, I want you to get me in contact with, uh, what's his name from Grid Life? Chris, you say his name is? Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah get me in contact Chris, with him. We'll, we'll, cause so we can talk about the other thing that we've been talking about on the side with you, me, Phil, and Rob. Yeah. So like, hopefully mm-hmm. we can announce that later this year, but it should be cool if it works out. Yeah, um, that'll work. Yeah, and so speaking of which, have you been uh, following Top Shots at all? NBA Top Shots? Ah, it's such a pain in the ass. So like, yeah. I've been trying to like get a pack. I finally got a pack. I pre-ordered. Nice. Yeah, yeah, the pre-order. Oh, nice. We got it. We got that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After fucking sitting on my goddamn computer for like five hours, that was yeah. shitty. But I know. so I have that. I I bought one one random moment just because I wanted it. Was some Zach Levine moment, yeah. moment just for the hell of it. Yeah. But like, I haven't really paid attention. So I have it, but I haven't paid attention to what it's worth. If it's worth anything or if it's changed. Yeah. I just so, said, fuck it, I'd buy it because it looks cool. So for the listener that is, uh, any listeners at home has no idea what I'm talking about. I'm talking about NBA Top Shots. It's basically uh, NBA cryptocurrency. It's um, uh, NFT or non-fungible token. So it's basically digital basketball cards, but non-fungible tokens just means it's like a unique type of cryptocurrency. So you can serialize things like digital art this, to prove like it's unique ownership. And so that's like a space that I've been thinking about recently and how to get into. So just to foreshadow the things that Simba and I had just been talking about, um, NFTs will come into play possibly in the near future for what we want to do in terms of what Simba and I are talking about, but also what Hoenn and I have been talking about in terms of whiskey. So it's, it's, um, that's just a little bit of foreshadowing. Hopefully we can reveal more as uh, things progress, but you know, if everyone just, if you're not paying attention to cryptocurrency, you probably should at least be paying attention because there's no going back. Like you can't undo Bitcoin, right? Just like you can't undo the internet. So you might as well just try to understand it and see if it, it can apply in your life. And that's all I have to say about true. cryptocurrency. So, well, Very true. That works. Yeah. Anyway, Simba, I appreciate your time. Hopefully we'll see each other yeah. soon. Thank you, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, thank you guys for the whiskey. Yeah, and next time we'll have uh, Rob Ryder on from Club of Far, so that should be a good time. Yeah. Whenever his whiskey makes oh, it out to Hawaii. <laughs> He's probably drank it by now already. No, I haven't no, shipped please. it out, so I haven't shipped it out because I'm super okay. procrastinating. <laughs> Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, I literally got mine yesterday, so I was I just like, uh, so I was gonna text you. I was like, Earl, I haven't gotten the whiskey yet. No, because I, I I shipped out Holland's last time, so I know it only takes a okay. day to get there because you guys in Chicago. So uh, I knew I shipped it out okay. on Monday. That yeah. works. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm going to ship out Phil's um, tomorrow before I leave for Texas for the weekend. So. Oh, you're, okay. you're going to Texas? Yeah, I'm going to visit my in-laws. Um, Amber's parents are in Dallas and her sister is in Austin. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go visit them. All. Or we are. All so. right. Say hi to Greg Abbott for me. All right. Abbott for me. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I actually, I think I'm going to go to Super Lab Battle. Yo, actually, Simba, send me Chris's number because yeah. I'm going to go to Super Lab Battle and yeah. Grid Life this weekend at Coda. Oh, they're doing that this weekend? Yeah, oh, shit, yeah. fancy. So, so text me that number, yeah? Okay. All right, cool. All right, thanks, yeah, fellas. I'll, I'll see you guys later. All right. Have a good night. Good night. Yes. See y'all later. Peace. I, I feel like, you know, it's just more slightly, even slightly more educated society is, is you know, it's great. But besides that, to, to go back to what you said, I feel like there are many people that make ton of money very, very easily in this world. And of course, when you have more money, it's easier to make more money because you start, you know, start leveraging the capital that you have and the capitalistic society that we live in. It, it thrives on money growing itself, right? But at the same time, that was my whole notion, the thought process, you know, for past, like, I would say like five, 10 years is that, you know, I, I'm working in this corporate job and I'm helping all these companies, you know, you know expand their business into us. And they, you know, if they, if it gets through, they're, they're making like millions of dollars on this project, right? But like, what am I doing? Like, what, what, what do I have to be tied to like a, like a paycheck or whatnot? So like, it, that's not to say that, oh, why don't you just, just go out and look, look, you know, opportunities are everywhere. Well, opportunities are everywhere, but you have to make a lot of effort to see that opportunity. Because it's not like, oh, there's opportunity one, two, three, four, five. It's not like that. It's more of an enlightenment. It's like a light bulb moment all of a sudden. It's like, oh shit, A and B could connect and it could create C, which could be the opportunity of a lifetime. It's, 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 it's all derivative of the current surroundings and environment that you live in, right? So like, I, I feel like there, there are easier ways to make money than most people think. But it, it's not easy to find them. But when you when you practice and train yourself to look for the opportunities that exist in your own environment, you know, it, it, then you start seeing it. Start small. See if your idea works. If it works, then just you know get, gain, gain some from it. You know, and just rinse and repeat. You know, you look for new opportunities that come by. You know, it's, it's, and it's not it's not like people have to quit their jobs to do it. Some, some some projects may, but you know, do the whole calculation of, you know, the risk versus reward and you make that decision. I don't know. But yeah, people yeah. should remember that there are people out there make ton of money doing absolutely nothing. You know, yeah. such little effort relative to like people who are slaving away at a kitchen or something like that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's completely not equal. It, it's orange and ap you know, apples to oranges. And people who are making ton of money would say it still takes a lot of effort. Yeah, absolutely. It's a different game, but you know, slaving away in front of a grill for 15 hours a day, it, it, it's, it's a lot of effort for not much money. You know, no, that's, that's actual work. What I yeah. do is, is 
it's labor, right? I'm laboring, but I'm not really working. I'm sitting at a computer all day. So I feel like bad complaining about like getting underpaid. Cause like, I just put it up on Instagram. Like I get paid like almost six figures, just shy of six figures. And then people like, oh, some people are like, you know what, you're, you're not underpaid and like you shouldn't complain. And to, to that end, I say, you're right. As a human being, I should have more empathy. But on the other hand, like, I don't think people understand like the toll it takes to like, actually do my job. Like, yeah, I, I manage, you're underpaid. Yeah. I mean, I manage eight figures of revenue, just revenue, just on my product alone. And on top of that, like if there's any kind of failure or fault, someone could get someone could die. We could have a mm-hmm. recall. It could cost the company like millions or billions of dollars, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I'm the only person to do this job in the entire company. I took vacation for two days this week. And then by the second day, there was a panic. And I like I checked my phone at like the airport at like noon. Because I was about to board the flight and I'm getting uh-huh. phone calls and I had a hundred and like fifteen missed emails. Like I was like, I was in a panic, dude. Mm. And I realized like, yes, I think I really am underpaid then. Cause like, if it's going to cause this much uproar, like, yeah. then I think I deserve more money because clearly there's no one else to do my job. Yep. So that's just my spiel. So like, I don't really know how to feel about it as a human. Like I feel conflicted. Right. Because now like, I know like the government has to just print stimulus money because people just don't have it because the way our capital society is structured and that kind of pains me, you know, and I'd rather say like, you know what, if I could give up more of my taxes, like, it's like, I'd gladly do that, you know, because what I do isn't real work. It's just labor. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's not real work. What is real work and what's not real work? There's no physical effort. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it as like, from the physics standpoint, there's no work exerted. But it, by that logic, or work done, I then say. physical labor would be the most, should be the most compensated work then. It but should be. Not. I th- yeah but, exactly but but i i feel like the compensation aspect you know oftentimes we talk about like ceos that you know like get that's paid millions of dollars and yeah when, when they like tank the company oh, options, stock options and, and, and you know when they tank the company or like you know they do like you know like oh the wall street things whatever and they when they like walk away with like you know like millions like tens of millions of dollars of like you know a parachute yeah, it's, it, that that could be viewed as pretty fucked up, and that that entire you know situation could be improved for more responsibility and accountability aspect to it. That's what but, that guy was hired to do. But at the same time, you know, like when when you're given a switch that you have to flip, and when you flip that switch, it affects a huge you know like aspect. There's there's repercussions that like go like bounds. You know, it that's you know, it's like a it's like you talk about your your part alone that you manage you know it could result in people dying it could result in like millions hundreds of millions of dollars in recalls there is a lot of responsibility that that's placed upon you and i feel like people have to consider that aspect as well because that is very stressful and, and it may not be physical labor per se but like you know when when you when you're mentally challenged and you're mentally stressed, your physical body hurts too, you know? So there is definitely an aspect where I guess in our society at this point in humanity, we are valuing the mental stress higher as for compensation more so than purely physical labor. That's, that's why there are, you know, different, you know, grades of payment because at the end of the day in the free market, 
your wage is determined by well, what's the crazy is like as well. again this is a society that says we value mental health but we don't put our money where our mouth is right you us us is very bad in that sense you know yeah. we're not very good at addressing stuff like that i'm not gonna say we're the worst but we're, we're we could be better for like a developed nation we could be better as a society i feel like a lot of especially when it comes to healthcare aspect to it we still have a very like wawa west mindset where everyone for themselves and you know, everyone has to like you know like fend for themselves through this uh you know healthcare you know issues you know what the whole notion that oh i'm not hurting right now i don't have any illness right now why should i pay for this and that at the end of the day the the reason that we should all pull that together is because of leverage when it's just a, it's a much stronger bargaining chip when when you gather everyone's needs and everyone's voice and, and the amount of spending power that that brings as a whole that's a huge bargaining chip like we could bring down the healthcare's cost like every other country that has like unified healthcare and, and you as as people we just have more leverage that way but in the US i feel like there's a lot of private insurance companies that that hold a lot of that's blocking that power and Dude. providing like a divide between the government and Dude. the people's needs Dude, can i tell you something sure so Amber's parents, right? I just saw them in Texas. Mm -hmm. They fucking get the fuck out of Texas and went to Florida during the whole snowstorm and shit. Because uh -huh. they're rich, right? They're like, we don't need this shit. Yeah. So they fucking booked. <laughs> Which is, like, good for them, I guess. But I, It's like, good for them that they had the resources to do so. Of right? course. But here's yeah. the thing. They're staunch Republicans. And this is what I, the discussion I had with them. I found out in Texas, the utilities are privatized. So there's 40 fucking different utility companies. And apparently some people had like $16,000 fucking utility bills because yeah. of the snowstorm. Amber's mom, she's very conservative. So she locked in the rate. And that's not something I would do. Because I'm like, why? Gas is historically cheap. That just yeah. seems like a dumb thing to do. So she got like a $101 bill, right? And even her dad was like, no, you're right. Like utilities should just be a public good. Like yeah. why are we privatizing this? This is fucking it's insane. It's a utility. Yeah. Like, everyone needs electricity. Like, this is so stupid. Like, we didn't even know how to manage how to fucking uh, pick a utility company when we first got here. Yeah. That, I, that's insane to me. I'd never heard of that before. But honestly, it's because of that and because no one then has the incentive to, uh, no one has the incentive to invest in, like, uh, oh, yeah. worst case scenarios, <clears throat> which is why this shit happened in Texas. And because of global, like, warming and climate change or whatever, it's going to continue to get worse. These freak yeah. storms are not going to remain like yeah. one in a hundred years. It's going to be one in every 20 years or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they say once in a hundred years now, but that's so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I thought it was pretty funny when, uh, when I was in, uh, at Iowa, uh, we had a flood on, on campus. And, I remember that. Yeah. Well, the year the sandbags, the, right? Yeah. But year before the big flood, or a year or two before the big flood, there was, you know, like smaller floods. And they're like, oh, it's like a 25-year flood, whatever. This is the 20-year you know, you know, flood zone. And they're like, oh, this happens every 20 years then. That's how I thought about it too. But no, like two years later, oh, now it's a 100-year flood. It's like, where does it stop? It, it's, you know, it doesn't. That's the thing. It, it, it It's changing. Yeah. And our data That's is historical reality. data yeah. that doesn't reflect what might be changing. Here's the thing. You can say it's a 100-year flood. But 
we keep accelerating the amount of carbon oh, emissions yeah. we pump into the atmosphere. So that's why these like so-called uh, like it's growing on a logarithmic curve, right? Like mm. it's going to be next time it's a 10,000 year flood and then a hundred thousand year flood. Yep. It's just not going to stop. Like it, people have to understand that, you know, when, when, when phrases like that are thrown around, it's, it's just purely in a historical context. Sure. And, it's and not here's for the future. Here's, here's as like an engineer who's actually worked on like greenhouse gas emissions, right? Mm. Like here's my two cents. I don't necessarily know if I can say climate change is man-made, but it's happening. And what we're doing is not helping. Right. So like, what is the point in fucking arguing whether it's man-made or not? Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, we could, you know, it's a very, it's a philosophical question almost. Is it man-made? But it doesn't really matter what, what it was. We have the power like. to reverse it. And yet we don't. Yeah. I mean... And I, I personally believe that electric cars and it's a stock gap. That, Let's just admit it. Let's just admit it. it's a stock yeah, gap. That and it's a very good, good way for governments to look like they're doing something, because at the end of the day, carbon emissions out of cars isn't that big, relatively speaking. No, it's not. Like compared to like agriculture, like you know, like you know, like growing our beef and. Or like shipping, you know, like there are a lot of like, you know, like. Korea is secretly the largest carbon emitter in the world. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, you know, it's a huge manufacturing country. You know? Oh, but think about all the ships they make. Every single container ship in the world is made from fucking Hyundai. Well, not necessarily. But container ships ones. are made more in China sure. these days. Okay, but either but, way. But. Korea compared actually, to its size, right? It's a yeah. huge carbon like cost. Korea is the number one shipbuilding nation in the world. And there are it's actually pretty interesting what's going on in the industry because they're talking about electric electric ships. You know, or or because Probably like solar. Solar, or even honestly, I personally think it should just be nuclear. Yeah, it should. Because like it's like think about it, like all the all the military ships are powered by nuclear. Yeah. Like shipping container, like container ships, like you know, like they should be nuclear. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there are you know technical and political challenges to it, but at the same safety time, safety like, and political. But I mean, it's not going to happen until we live in the world of Star Trek, where like we move on to like uh, crypto 2.0, like I was talking about, where we just use like credits, hmm. just like Star Trek. How does it connect to the nuclear ships? Oh, because. At that point, it's a universal payment system, so mm -hmm. everyone's money's on the line. I, I, I guess I'm not necessarily following. So, unless you have universal currency, you're gonna have people doing currency manipulation, and there's like incentives to like steal or like have terrorists, like whatever. And but like if everyone uses the same currency, we're at the point in society just, just I'm just thinking like, assuming if we're all on a universal payment system, we have like at least some sort of like political peace. Where this could be potentially mm. possible, but until like that happens, we can't even talk about nuclear ships. Uh, yeah, M maybe. But it's 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 very interesting how you bring that up because I feel like you're alluding to a point where it's currency differences 
that's actually at the root of it's not at the root i'm just saying it's a it's a part it's a part it's a huge negotiating chip but at at the same time i I don't i don't know i mean i don't have any like enough background knowledge to like like have a valid opinion on this but my invalid opinion on this unqualified opinion on on that mine's unqualified too man what the fuck do i I know but I, I feel like I'm just you know for for the listeners out there that are just like who are these morons talking about <laughs> bullshit? Yeah, we are a bunch of morons talking about bullshit. So take it as is. Um, but but I I feel like you know like if we operated on a single currency as a world, I mean besides the totalitarian government like like a like a global government. Uh, that would you know, be issue. Why? Why can't we just be completely decentralized? I, I I feel like people just don't know what that would be like. We're doing it right now with coronavirus. Like no one's telling us yeah. what to do yet. We're somehow surviving, barely, but we're surviving. Uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would disagree with that. I feel I feel like there are people that would say government has more control than ever. Sure. During the corona time. Sure. I guess yeah, on paper, but I don't. It doesn't affect my life. Yeah. I, I feel like people just do more, sh- like people have learned to do more shit on their own, like just in their own terms. I mean, really, what we're talking about is like a libertarianism, really, right? It, it, it could lead to that, yeah. But I, I, for for one very like relatable aspect to us, I feel like will be speed limits on highways. Yeah, I don't know if you guys unrestricted. Know. Well, in not Texas unrestricted. Is wild. I'm just at least in Illinois, like yeah. since COVID started, people just have ignored the speed limits on the highways. <laughs> the it's average speed fine. on the highway on ninety on on I ninety four, it's like ninety five miles per hour now. Dude, Texas and, is the same way. But Texas are oh, they they've been they've been like that. <laughs> the highways are so good though. Oh, so dude. good! It's so nice. It's when you scary, run to man. Like I was going through Dallas, and I like uh, I, was, I was telling um. Uh, Jimmy from uh, I want to say Jimmy Speaks World is his final chosen podcast name. Uh, huh? What is this? He's got a podcast. He's like a drifter from Houston. Oh, okay. uh, but I wasn't sure if you were talking about Jimmy. No, 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 Jimmy. no. So Jim, not Jimmy Rim, uh, <laughs> our phantom third co-host hmm. on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was talking to Jimmy Yates from. Um, Houston and he does like the knuckle up events from mm. from uh, Houston but I was like dude if like risky devil like, happened in Chicago so one of us would have fucking flaw like flown off the highway for sure and that would have probably been me you know what I'm saying because like the highways are like a hundred feet off the ground they're super smooth it's oh, you can hit Texas? the corner yeah you can hit them <laughs> like you can hit them at like 140 miles an hour in my car probably right don't they have like it's like triple clover in their in their yeah, and it's things. fucking <laughs> scary. I'm like, dude, had I had the same car and situationally, just thinking like had the, had the same car, but had grown up in Dallas, I would have yeah. killed myself. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, for sure. But I I do truly truly appreciate states that have good roads. Oh yeah, because Georgia Georgia had fucking great roads like. It didn't matter which border you came in, whether it's like the Tennessee border or the South Carolina border, or whatever. As soon as you cross that border, Georgia highways are like almost like German highways. So, right? this, German this guys is, told me that. So, this is what I've heard from my father in law, hmm. who's always lived in the South. 
right? Mm-hmm. He says the reason you'll find better roads in the South is because every, basically every road is a toll road. Um, so that pays for the roads because no one wants to feel like they're paying for taxes. So you tax them secretly by making yeah. them pay for tolls. Wait, what states though? Because I feel like Texas, for example, like Dallas had like every single time I got on a road, like a highway, it was like a really? toll road. Yeah. Because All Georgia, Georgia doesn't have that many toll roads. Oh, Ohio too. Ohio doesn't have any money, but their no. roads are actually pretty nice. Really? Yeah. That, that's because Ohio cops pull you over at the border. Plus, plus the tolls. <laughs> it takes 20 yeah. fucking dollars for me to get to Pennsylvania. I, I don't... $20. I could see the logic in that, and I, 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 I am fully convinced by that logic, too, except that Georgia doesn't really have tolls. Do they have taxes? I mean, they have, like, taxes? Like, how's, their taxes? Tax, like, how's their tax rate compared to, like, other states? And the allocation of taxes to road maintenance? I, I, all, I, all I could say is that I paid about similar tax rates in terms of, like, income tax yeah. as Illinois. Okay. I don't know if that's actually, that's actually true, okay. but but and I I don't know how much of their taxes is allocated to the to the roads. I have no idea. But what about gas tech gas prices? Cheap as fuck. Okay, it's like it's like the south. Right? So then I have two two speculative theories, right? Hmm. Either they allocated like an unreasonable amount to maintaining the roads, or two because of the weather they just don't have to maintain the roads and because no one you know outside of like Atlanta who's really in Georgia so those roads I, don't really I, use I thought about that too until you go cross the border into like South Carolina which has decent roads but not as good as Georgia it's noticeably different and it's not like their weather is all of a sudden different either you know surrounding states of Georgia have bad roads but Georgia is like a shining beacon all right shout out roads. to Georgia then <laughs> uh, all, all I know is that I, I was I ran into some uh, like German engineers yeah. from you know that, that, that was like uh, yeah, that was sent to Spartanburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was I was in Spartanburg a lot for sure. for work, and I was talking to them, and they were talking about how Georgia roads are just great. Like, and they're these guys are like they were from Germany, dispatched for like a year or so. So it's not like they're you know these guys are German guys, and they're like yeah. We, but again, you also think situationally, like it's not just like the quality of the roads, probably. It's probably mm. also like um, the geography, right? Like the topography. But topography of Georgia. Or is it just a, is it, it just I mean, the smoothness? Jo- jo- the, I mean, just just general smoothness, the condition of the roads. Huh. Even like the on the highway, like how the rain gets like exited, you know, onto the you know, like the little. Yeah. It's okay. So you know what it is then? They just have it's just really well good, built. They just have good civil engineers then. Yeah, it, it's just very, just very, very well built. They have good civil engineers. I, I whatever the reason is, props to Georgia. Except for Atlanta, house. because I heard about that traffic. Atlanta's traffic isn't as bad as people think it is. Mm-hmm. I just said it. I said that. Okay. People will hate on me for that, especially people from Atlanta. Like, oh, we got the worst traffic. No, you don't. When you're on I ninety four. And it's only a three-lane highway each direction. And you're fucking... When I go from, like, Deerfield, Buffalo Grove to downtown in, like, 30 minutes without any traffic, and it takes me two hours, yeah. it takes... It's, it's longer. Dude, you know what the fucking worst is? So, so to people outside of Chicago, there's basically two main arteries from the northwest suburbs. Um, there's 90 and 94, and they merge. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And so, like, where they merge is just a huge fucking traffic jam. 
but maybe what, how far is Irving Park? Half a mile? A mile from the merge? Uh, yeah, barely. Not even. Like so one time I got stuck at the merge. Like uh-huh. on the, on the, the, yeah, I'm on 94. I'm about to come down where right before the merge. Uh-huh, uh-huh. To get off to Irving Park took me a fucking hour. Half a mile, dude. See, that's crazy. Like people down in Georgia, down in Atlanta, doesn't, don't experience that. Yeah. Like, first off, just overall full low of like number of cars, you Georgia will will throw put a whole lot more cars Ooh, in the my, same time. My parent, like my Amber's parents were complaining about the traffic in Dallas, and I was like, what do you mean? It's just con- it's just congested. Like it's moving. Like I didn't yeah. have to slow down at all. That's the thing. Oh, that's another thing. Georgia, like Atlanta traffic, they don't stop. Like you go you roll slow, but there are plenty of times. In Chicago, where you're, you're you literally stopped. parked. I've parked. gotten out of my car and walked <laughs> around on the highway before. Like, a lot of, I, I think, well, Chicago, Chicago's highway system is actually pretty pretty, pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Chicago could use a ring road that connects out of, on the outer perimeter from, like, 90, I-94, connects, like, to I-90, 294, then down to, like, 290, then 55. There should be a whole ring road. That Where connects. do you build it? That's the problem. I mean, it's a it's like a two hundred something year old city. So about major cities, it's pretty good. I've yet yeah, to see it, it's major cities good. like that are that are better, that are as old. Yeah, I mean Chicago. Don't get me wrong, Chicago's pretty great. Yeah, but I'm just saying it, the, they could use a ring road. I'm of not talking course. about like the feasibility of it, but it'd be great if they. Yeah, if we could right. fantasize, right? Like <laughs> Chicago should technically, like Michigan should technically be an ocean, right? I mean, it, it, no, actually, I kind of want it to be a lake because of climate change. I take that back. Oh, dude, I, I don't know how climate change will affect the fresh water supply in the future, but if if Lake Michigan could be like like kept as is. Or like the Great Lakes, let's say like put like a whole block on like the like Hudson River part, whereas it, the ocean water doesn't come in. Or I guess it flows out that way, so it doesn't. Oh no, no! If anything, the like the levels in the lake will get lower if the world actually gets hotter. But it's still the largest body of fresh water in yeah. the world, and so like, it, therefore it becomes even more valuable real estate. Yeah, like survival strategically to have like water source like that, fresh water source like that. It's it's I, I feel like it's quite valuable. Yeah. That's why that Enbridge Line Five is stupid as shit. Hmm? What, there's a there's a, a uh, you know Lake Superior like um, uh, <clears throat> or like in Michigan where like up the Upper Peninsula meets oh, the yeah, Lower Peninsula. Yeah, yeah. There's the an oil line that runs through it, and people there's an oil line that runs through it. Yeah, and people are, keep saying like in Michigan it's like a big thing. Like they keep wanting to shut it down because it's like 40 years old, and if that thing ever fucking breaks and leaks into the Great Lakes, we're all fucked forever. That seems like a unnecessary risk. Exactly. But again, capitalism, baby. Short short-sighted capitalism. Yeah. Because no, this that, is this is literally that fresh water, capitalism. The fresh water will be worth a whole lot more in the future than than oil. I would yeah, say. it's it's the whole uh, philosophical question of what's more valuable, a cup of diamonds or a cup of water? Yeah. People take water for granted, but we die without water. Mm-hmm. Like we could be without oil and still survive. We could be without or diamonds. Diamonds. We could definitely survive without fucking diamonds. You yeah. know. It's a joke. But like, 
water, like, try not drinking water for four days. I yeah. dare people to drink. You know? Even just one day, man. I get so dehydrated. Yeah, dude. It's. I know I can, like, survive by getting water from, like, food sources, like watermelon, for example. But, like, to just not have a glass of water for a day is just, like, the worst fucking feeling. It is. It is. I completely agree. Like, Look, I'm water, drinking water right now. Water literally equals life, as, as far as our knowledge goes. It is literally a platform for life, yep. water. So you heard it here first, guys. Um, water is a source of life, and the water of life is whiskey. So on that note, that's the end of today's show. So thank you for listening. <laughs> Wait, is this good? Is this not even? Is this not even correlated to the actual episode? No, but it feels like a good place to end. It is. Welcome to Spirit of Build, where today. Oh wait, shit! What's the fucking tagline? <laughs> I don't even fucking. Let me take a piss real quick. I'm actually really anxious. Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome to Spirit of Build, everyone. Fuck, this is not it. God damn it! I was such a fucking idiot. Just, just. Stop, stop trying, stop stressing out about adhering to that script. That's what is messing no, you up. No, it's, in the it's first literally place. just the tagline, uh-huh. and then we can move on from there. Then just fucking memorize it. I'm trying to, but I don't have the time to commit to it. Or, 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 or. <laughs> as crazy <laughs> as that sounds. That is the craziest thing I've heard all day. <laughs> I know. Because my, my thoughts are so scattered. I don't, like I said, I don't even know where to find where I've wrote the goddamn or, thing. Or just. It just copy takes, and paste it take, it's taking week. me five minutes just to find the damn thing. Just just copy, just use the clip from last week. I will. <laughs> but it's already messed up. It was already bad. Look, I, I, I'm always for the laziest way out. I get it. But I am a perfectionist. Then fucking memorize it. Use your perfectionist skill.